This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, especially to John, who supported this episode and sponsored it. Uh, if you would like to be like John, you can do so. Head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and throw us a couple of bucks. Uh, one of those rewards is to guest on an episode. Um, I think those slots are all full right now, but they will open up in the future. Um, you get a lot of other cool stuff, though, if you support us. Um, yeah, and uh, while you're at it, check out Everything to Guppy, our brand new show covering the Binding of Isaac with me and Willie Hughes. Thank you. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And this is John Hurst. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are continuing to talk about The Legend of Zelda, The Breath of the Wild. Uh, last week we talked about kind of the generalities and mechanics and systems. And this week we were talking about the main quest and then, you know, uh, side quest stuff that uh, that pops up along the way. Thank you for, uh, for sticking around, John, and also for uh, kind of uh, commissioning this episode. Happy to do it. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm over here in Portland, and it's Pacific time, and I'm fine. <laughs> and the, these two boys are staying up late, and I really appreciate it. I want everyone in the audience to know, everyone listening to know, these guys are staying up late to do this. So I really do appreciate it. I got nowhere to be tomorrow. So. Yeah. I'll, well, I mean, I'll I knew, okay I knew that you. I, I, I knew you didn't have anywhere to be cold, but John. <laughs> John seems like the type of guy who doesn't have time to waste on this bullshit. <laughs> I'll be there sprite and happy yeah. and early and like all of other days yeah. uh, we, we, we really appreciate it yes yeah, we well, really I appreciate do. the opportunity um, yeah so this episode all the generalities were in the last episode this episode we're going full steam ahead on the uh, the kind of plot and uh, and what, what you actually do so um, yeah let's uh, let's get started let's do it uh, so yeah. um, they set up you know this is part of the ongoing cycle of destruction and rebirth that happens for Hyrule. For 10,000 years, Hyrule has been plagued by this recurring disaster, the return of the Calamity Ganon. Uh, is this... What's that? Yeehaw! Oh, like, like a Calamity yeah. Jane kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I feel like that joke came up a, a lot when this game first came out, but every time I read Calamity Ganon, I feel like he's a cowboy. <laughs> like an evil cowboy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> evil pig boy. Look at him go. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, Calamity Ganon comes back, you know, destroys stuff. You know, it's just this uh, evil force that, you know, we, we explored as origins, you know, in other games. Mm -hmm. And the uh, the people of Hyrule, led by Princess Zelda and her knight, uh, almost had Ganon on the ropes during this last uh, cycle. 
Um, this is all revealed kind of through flashback stuff in the in the game. Um, they recruited these ki- these heroes from the other kingdoms um, that awaken these divine beasts and these guardians. Uh, the divine beasts, which are these gigantic kind of clockwork uh, animals, and then the guardians, which we mentioned before, which are these kind of mecha, yeah, um, these oh. ancient Sheikah technology to to fight uh, Ganon. Um, they just kind of uh, brought this ancient forbidden technology uh, back to life, which never backfired on anybody. Oh, wait. Yes. Ganon used them <laughs> to his advantage. He hijacked these mechanical aids, killing the heroes and uh, mortally wounding Link. Yes. Yeah. Link didn't actually even get a chance to fight Ganon. <laughs> no. He got, he, got, he got punked by some regular Asgardian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I um, mean, that, like, that, that is like, a, like the a very end of the game thing. I love that he got geeked by just... Yeah. <laughs> yep. He just didn't, he didn't get his parry timing right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then there's a uh, more story stuff, uh, that has to do with it. Like the reason why they went with this thing has to do with this, uh, characterization of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's essentially wants to be a science nerd. Uh, she had the power to actually fight Ganon in a more traditional way, but you know, it was, it wasn't working. Right. So she kind of, uh, went with this other path, yeah. uh, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit. Um, you know, Link got geeked and they, uh, they take him to the shrine of resurrection Two ninjas show up to take him to the Shrine of Resurrection. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this this will be, you know, this will keep him alive and allow him to regain his strength over a long period of time. Right. Um, this will be his last hope. Eventually, he will wake up and be able to help us. Yep. Um, but they have to bide their time. So, you know, Zelda is keeping Ganon locked away and busy inside Hyrule Castle uh, for the course of 100 years as kind of the rest of the kingdom, you know, tries to live without this kind of central government organizing them. And entirely succeeds and thrives. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to bang that up for this entire episode, but that drives me fucking nuts. Like, the, 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 all this intro, all of these flashbacks that tell us these stakes, and everyone is fine living in a verdant paradise. Everyone is happy. Our town is, our town is known for energy melons. Would you like to buy one? It's 20 rupees. There's a fucking death castle. Like, right over there. You, are going you can to die. see it from your back porch. Yeah, if you, if you go up to the roof, you can see the smoking demon. It's funny. It's going to come here. Why don't you care? You, you know, you, you, you live I'm in Kak- for three flowers. <laughs> I, why? You live why in Kakariko Village and, you know, you're just you're living your life. But you only go visit the death castle whenever you have family in town. Yeah, like, <laughs> but, oh, you mean the one that's going to blow up at any minute? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, but I, I have to I need you to find my three chickens that have gotten out. <laughs> Those rascally chickens. <laughs> if I get those chickens, I'll give you a pittance of money. I'm going to save your life. You are going to die. It's you like, it's are like... going to get a baked apple and like it. <laughs> the apples, I'm trying to save you. It is. But I need, uh, a, like... I need a picture of that fairy fountain. Come on. <laughs> Why? It is like, um, it's like Metal Gear Solid 2 all over again, but like somehow worse, you know, like because it's everyone. Imagine everyone in Metal Gear, uh, everyone in the world was the character from Metal Gear Solid who wants to stop and talk about the relationship when the president's going to get nuked. You know, or, like, New York is going to get nuked. <laughs> I like the idea of just the president being nuked. The president, president got nuked. Um, hopefully that did not get us on any list. That's fine. Uh, it, it's, it, it's the president, not... Uh, it's it's not, a president, not the president. Yeah. It could be, like, a president of, like, uh, you know, ARP. Oh, yeah. It has to be, um, has to be your bowl. Yes. The, um, but anyway, so the idea is, though... you. You had to suspend your disbelief and believe that maybe there's a sense of danger at all. And Zelda couldn't do this for eternity. Um, so you have this introduction and really stylishly, this actually the first time you boot up the game, this just starts without yep. a title screen or anything. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, this light and this darkness, that uh, darkness kind of beckons you to awaken. Uh, and we see Link 
lying in this bath under the strange blue blue glowing tree. Yes. Um, and it's real mysterious at this point. Like you wake up, you know, he can, he walks over, gets his uh, Sheikah slate, and um, this opens the door. Uh, the voice says, "Like, hey, you know, I I am the light. I must shine on high roll once again." And you get your you know emerging from the tunnel in uh, oblivion moment as you mm-hmm. you know get this grand sweeping vista of high roll and a very simple title sequence. You know, just like pops up in the bottom. Like, there you go. Mm-hmm. This is Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's really effective. Uh, the music, like this really understated kind of piano uh, plays, you know, as opposed to kind of the bombast, yeah. you know, that starts in other Zelda games. Um, this little cave is really clever. Like you have to climb off, climb up this little incline, you know, so it teaches you about climbing. That makes your stamina wheel pop up as soon mm-hmm. as you do it. Like it's a very clever little little cave. And when you get out in this vista, like it is just like, man, you know, like it, it did a lot to get me kind of pumped yeah. uh, for yeah. things. Um, when it pans over to kind of show you this area around you, you see the Temple of Time, so you know that's probably where you're supposed to go, and you see this man staying there, kind of, uh, <laughs> and he's on the way to the Temple of Time. Yeah. And this uh, this begins this amazing tutorial, uh, the Great Plateau. Yeah. Uh, something that didn't occur to me until I you know was looking stuff up. I think it was like on the TV tropes or whatever in the trivia. Just like in the first Zelda, the you know the fir- the first person that you meet and you start out in the middle of nowhere is an old bearded man in a red robe in, in a cave. Like in this mm-hmm. kind of, it's, you know, it's under an overcrop. Um, but it's, you know, the kind of the same setup as the first game. I thought that was very clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You go talk to him, you steal his, his baked apple. This is before <laughs> you can do uh, anything that anyone asked you to do to earn your own baked apples. Um, you steal his baked apple and uh, he kind of, you know, he talks to you. He tells you that this is his birthplace in Hyrule. Um, you know, uh, and, and to head over there, uh, and he will kind of hound you. He kind of creepy Watson Watson's you <laughs> during this entire experience. Like he teleports around, like you can find him in an area, yeah. uh, and then run over to his cabin and he's always there, mm-hmm. you know, and then you run over to somewhere else. He's always there. Like, yeah, he, there's definitely something magic. And you think you're safe, you know, you look left, right in front of you, behind you, but nope, he's going to come in from above. Yeah. He hangs from the ceiling, <laughs> uh, like a bat. <laughs> <laughs> like a barnacle. Like yeah. a barnacle from Half-Life is at the extent his beard down. Yeah, yeah. Barnacle is his name. He's uh he's an old man who hangs from the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> John, what do you think of this kind of like the, the the opening gasp, like when the world opens up in front of you? I think it's great. I mean, I think it really opens up and gives you all the visual that you're gonna see. Um I mean the Great Plateau's excellent. And you actually in the DLC uh, Champions Valley, you come right back here, which is kind of a cool callback. So hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. This is, it's also way bigger yeah. than you you think. Yeah, the yeah. There's definitely level. an element of like I didn't think, except for the name plateau. After you ignore that, it seems like you're in a pretty big space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and they're giving you a lot a lot of territory to work with for an introductory area. And it's a little bit of a parallel for me to like uh, the White Orchard. You know, you start out the Witcher Three in this massive area. You know, you have a main town, oh, and yeah. a couple of small towns, and stuff. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, like this. This this world feels comfortable. Like I'm happy here. And then you see yeah. the map. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I always consider that the Final Fantasy one effect, where you feel like you've played a big chunk of the game, and then you get out, and the the credits come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always think of that whenever those kind of games moments happen, where it's like, wow, I was only in. It <laughs> I was just starting this. Yeah, yeah. It's a great feeling. Um, your your Sheikah slate says, "Hey, um, go follow this waypoint to this uh, pedestal here." You head over there, 
uh, when you use it, it raises the Sheikah Tower, not just this one, but all of them. <laughs> all of them. So the <laughs> landscape erupts. Yes. Uh, and and you get to see these all over the world, um, kind of preview that, a couple of different areas. And that was a good decision because that gives you the visual ability to see those and allows you to avoid the cutscene through the rest of the game when the other towers are there. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. know that there are more than one tower. Like it tells you exactly. that, hey, this is going to be a thing that's going to be all around. Yeah. Yeah. And that the horizon isn't just the horizon. Like you're going to go there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I figure, hey, I'm going to climb, I'm going to climb up this. Uh, there's a voice that draws your attention to Hyrule Castle where you can see, you know, the, the shadowy beast rising and surrounding the building. Like it's, you know, covered by these kind of black and purple and red tentacles. Right. Yeah. Yep. And the, the Sheikah Slate, the voice that's coming through this, which is, which is Zelda. Yeah. Um, there's something they try to be cagey about in the preview material, but it's definitely Zelda mm-hmm. um, says that the world will end when that beast reaches its full power. Right. Um, when you uh, get down from the tower, um, the old man kind of glides up, sidles on up and tells you the story a little bit. What we talked about in the intro. Yeah. Um, the story of Calamity Ganon, mm-hmm. uh, who appeared a hundred years ago. And that tells you that you've been asleep for 100 years. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, hey, you can go off to fight him, but if you try to jump off this plateau, you'll definitely die. Oh. Um, you know, you need this paraglider. If you want that, I need a treasure from that shrine over there. I love the dialogue options about this paraglider because Link is infatuated. Yeah. Like, <laughs> one, one, one option is, hey, gimme. And the other is, yeah. come on, <laughs> gimme. <laughs> the, um, well, also, uh, the old man keeps moving the goalpost. Yeah. And as late yeah. you're like, you can decide how uh, how fed up you are with that bullshit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where is the paraglider? Why don't yeah. you get the paraglider right now? <laughs> yeah, my, my wife keeps asking about the paraglider. Why are you not getting the paraglider? <laughs> like, why are you not why getting don't you the, get paraglider? the paraglider right now? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, that structure you go into, that glowing structure, is the Oman Am Shrine. Yes. Uh, you don't have to do this one first. Nope. It's just the one that you probably will. Yeah. Um, at this point, you can ignore the old man, too, other than getting the, the paraglider from him. Mm-hmm. You can just go do all the uh, the shrines after they pop up. Yeah. Uh, and just let, let, let him go about his business, you know, chopping wood and stuff like that. Um, each of these shrines. So there are four shrines on this plateau. Uh, they all give you one of your runes for your Sheikah Slate and then run you through kind of a basic tutorial, getting you up to speed for some of the primary verbs that you'll use. So this one is like done, the Magnesis trial. Done beautifully. Just yes. perfect introduction. You're going to get handed these tool sets and these are going to be your toys for the rest of the game. Mm hmm. It's real, it's real classic. Like here's the real simple version. Here's the, the slate twist on it. Yes. You know, um, and you need to think outside the box to get the optional treasure chest, you know, so really, really well done. These, uh, these four things, when you get that orb, the old man says, well, actually I want three more of these. Uh, and you're like, listen, you son of a bitch. Um, Always wanting more. Monster. Um, the, uh, the next one that, I guess you should be noted, too, uh, real quick, that he has a couple other tutorial functions here. Yes. Um, he's at his cabin, which he teaches you about cooking. Um, he's in the woods hunting, uh, which he'll teach you about sneaking up on animals mm-hmm. um, and, and murdering them. He'll teach you about uh, chopping down a tree to make a makeshift bridge. Which I almost never did. I yeah. Which I don't think I ever up. did ever again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, Dark Souls 2 all over again. I kept expecting that shortcut to, like, be useful, and it never is. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but he, he kind of, again, he's kind of around, uh, yeah. this, we're just following the main thing, but there are other little tutorial things. Like when I call this the, one of the best tutorials in video games, I'm not just referring to these four shrines. Like, no, no, the, you know, the, the, kinda... the entire environment that is like a, it's like a playpen version 
of the rest yes. of the game is is very well done for how yeah. much for how much lease they give you without overwhelming you. Yeah. Yep. Um, the next shrine, kind of in proximity, is over by the Temple of Time. Uh, near that, the the Jabaij Shrine, mm-hmm. uh, which is in near this ruined city, <laughs> uh, that is guarded by a guardian. Yeah. Uh, wake up. Its legs are broken. It can't move around, mm-hmm. but it will wake up and will easily one-shot you with this laser. <laughs> I, I did this thing so many times. Um, yeah, because I was like, I tried to fight it uh-huh. for a long time, yeah. and it shouldn't, you know, uh, but, you know, I, I tried to figure out how to fight it. Um, the game actually has kind of, uh, in the, the Byzantine depths of its combat system, there is some defense against getting one-shotted mm-hmm. uh, at a certain point. So if you have full health, um, you know, after a certain number of hearts, you cannot be one-shotted. Mm by an attack it'll always bring you down to a quarter health yeah um which once i figured that out i ended up relying on quite a bit near the end game because i had so many full health items yeah you know i do that but early on you know this actually overwhelms even that yeah which i think is very smart to not have that rule be in effect here mm-hmm. if this thing always yeah. just brought you down to one quarter heart it would lose some of its teeth yeah because i'm already drowning in apples uh, this no. thing, this, and it's not necessarily like perched up in a high place where it can always get you. It, the, the environment is designed around it. Like this is, it appears to be like a, like a ruined you know town or like a ruined temple that it's like set in. You have plenty <laughs> of cover to like get yourself right up to the door of the shrine to get into it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, once you actually go through the shrine, it's teaching you about bombs, kind of both types, and uh, giving you your bomb uh, ability. Yeah. Um, this uh, has launchers. Like I looked at this and I thought, so all these like test chambers are going to be just literally portal. Some of them are yeah. portal. Um, this yeah. one specifically is. Yes. And we say launchers. They're these kind of things that catapult objects across gaps, yeah. uh, including objects such as link, um, you know, kind of go, go back and forth there. And these will show up in other, other areas, yeah. other shrines. Um, the next one is the, the first one that actually takes some doing, uh, to get there. And this is kind of your climbing tutorial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to cut down that tree, which is a tutorial for something you're not going to use, <laughs> but then you have kind of a tough climb, like a sheer cliff climb that you have to actually stop at, you know, really kind of conserve your stamina. Mm-hmm. There are, um, things. climbing mushrooms, uh, dotted along the way. So I was teaching mm-hmm. you to recover your stamina as you go by, by eating those. You have to cook them first though. So it's like, if, if I'm having trouble with this, I can go back to the cook area, oh, yeah. but you do have to pass on your way over here. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very clever in that respect. Um, you know, and this is the, uh, the trial for stasis, um, which ends up being, uh, you know, at first it's just, you know, stopping a gear, but then there are these kind of like these gigantic, huge boulders, which are very fun to fuck around with. Yeah. You know, stop those that are going towards you. It doesn't require a lot of like precision either. Like the first one that you have to stasis away is just a boulder that is sitting static on a narrow, on a narrow walkway. Yeah. Um, that you can't move without using this power, but also there are no stakes. You don't have to aim it. You just have to get it out of the way. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, the next one, you know, the, the final shrine is the one that's introducing you to kind of like the real, the real breath of the wild. Right. To, 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 to mitigating kind of temperature dangers. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have to go up into the ice cold mountains through this and, uh, he'll warn you about this. You know, mm-hmm. he talks about this, uh, this dish that he, he loved that the spicy food dish that he wants to remake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he, if you can figure out the recipe, he'll give you his warm doublet. Yeah. Um, otherwise though, there are tons of these, uh, on your way up, there are tons of these spicy peppers you can cook with. There's a lot of different ways around this. Yeah. There. I like this. Of course I went and figured out how to make the, uh, make the dish. Yeah. The surf and turf. Yep. <laughs> it's like a high roll bass is the other thing that he, he needs, which introduced me to the fun world of drowning. 
it introduced uh, introduced me to the fun world of bomb fishing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but the, like, the, like this shrine by far is the toughest putt. Like, it took me a while to figure out. Like, I think before I was playing for the show, when I just after I got my switch, I just kind of like tried to gut it out. Again, so like I'm gonna I'm gonna heal up. I'm gonna take however many peppers I can. Just try and clear the distance. It's hard to do because like one of the ways, like the front way to get into this, uh, it's over a river that is way too cold and way too fast to swim in. You need to use magnesis to kind of make a makeshift bridge out of some metal doors. Uh, that's gonna take way too long for your peppers to really like hold you through. Like they really don't want you uh, to uh, you know to approach this in a way that doesn't demonstrate mastery of the system. Yeah. Mm. We, and there's also a different approaches. Like I didn't end up crossing that, that river. Uh, if you go left and follow the river up, you can actually climb up yeah. uh, through a mountain way and approach the, the shrine from a different mm. angle as well. So it, it, this is the first one. There's a couple of different things this does kind of first. So it shows you those different, like larger approaches. I also think this is the first really obvious Korok seed. Um, you can get them yeah. earlier in the forest down in the plateau, like yeah. pretty easily. But here, there's a ring of stones with one stone conspicuously missing, or off, you know, off center. Right. Um, you know, it, it's the first big signal uh, of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and once you get in there, you get some kind of loser ruin that I don't even remember the name of. It's garbage. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the it's, it's the cry, cry, cryonis. I'm just I'm just teasing, yeah. teasing the cryonis boy. Just kicking cryonis while it's down. Yeah, man. Just, why can't you be more like stasis? Um, and when you leave, the old man shows up again. He creepy Watson's in and says, "Hey, it's time to tell me everything. Meet me at the intersection point of the shrines," um, which is kind of fun too. I, I kind of expected to do a little bit more of that uh -huh. in the game. Have some kind of things, you know, me serial killer mapping my my uh, my Sheikah slate. But yeah, um, yeah, that is the uh, the ruined temple, and you head on down there. Yep. And uh, you can level up, and then he wants you to climb up to the rafters where he reveals his secret. Yes, that he is, in fact, the deceased king of Hyrule. He is King Rome. Mm -hmm. um, if you... you... What's that? I had nothing. I was doing the B-52 song. Ah, yes. It, you know, it wasn't a joke or anything. <laughs> oh. Yeah. This um, is a long exposition at this point. Whew. Yeah. I'm happy they didn't put this before the opening credits. Yeah. Yeah. It's genius to make you play for five hours. Uh, and you, you don't... the the plateau won't take you that long on the second time in kind of beautiful, you know, undead bird fashion. But I spent a lot of time here yeah. the, uh, the first time I played. And it's really genius not to start with this. And that is the the big difference between this and other Zelda games. Yeah. Like other Zelda games would have had this as soon as you hit start. Yep. You know, like a 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, most modern Zelda games like are really talky. And here it's, it is a lot of exposition. It's really long winded and kind of leads into an exposition zone of the game. Uh-huh. Like, if you follow the critical path here, which I did, you spend a lot of time having people talking to you about these these ancient legends uh, for a while now. And it kind of is a bummer stretch for me. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, you know, so he reveals what he is. He talks about uh, Calamity Ganon, the prophecy of his return. He tells you that they excavated the Guardians of the Divine Beast, uh, the princess and her chosen knight, chose four champions, which we mentioned, to pilot the beast. Uh, they failed, and uh, Calamity Ganon took over the beast. Um, so, and, and now they, now they terror, <laughs> it is somewhere between terrorize and mildly annoy. Decorate. The different, yeah. Decorate, decorate <laughs> these different kingdoms. <laughs> they decorate the surrounding regions. Yeah. yeah they did just gen, generally majestic. So, yeah. uh, reveals like, yeah, you're sealed away by the princess. And the voice that you're hearing is, you know, is Zelda from inside the castle talking through the shake of slate. 
uh, to, you know, uh, bring you in as she tries to keep Zelda sealed away. You know, and my quest here from the king uh, is to go save her and stop Ganon. And crazily enough, you know, like when you get a new quest, it'll flash the name up on the screen. Like you get a quest that just says destroy Ganon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at the very end of the game, when you destroy Ganon, like any other quest that pops up, this thing that's been in there since the beginning and gets crossed out. It's a really nice moment. Yeah. That happens. It's a little bit of that. Um, it reminded me of like crackdown. Yeah. You know, like how you just kind of have your, your end goal right from the start. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he tells you to go East essentially gives you the glider so you can get down from this thing. Um, and you go East. Um, yeah. and this is introducing, you know, we're going to gloss over a lot of this, but this is when you can find those encampments and when you can find yeah. a lot of shrines on the way and you find this tower and there's a lot of neat kind of things like, Oh, this mountain looks a little bit weird. And there's this huge kind of pole. Like what happens if I climb that pole and get to the top of it? <laughs> you know, things like that. Like there's a little uh, platform, but it gives you the right angle to like descend into a shrine that is surrounded by a bunch of thorns. Yes. You know, you know or onto a camp and do a drop, start with a drop attack. Like, there's a lot of game that we're going to gloss over. I just want everyone to know we're, we're sticking to that critical path. Yeah. Uh, John, before we move on from the plateau, is there anything that we forgot uh, to mention, like cool side details or anything? Um, not that I can think of. I mean, you guys, it, it was pretty thorough. I mean, it's it's a other than to state and restate that it's a great introductory area. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think I realized I was restricted the first time I played it. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it was just I just kept doing what was coming along and then. Um, you deal with what comes, but it never, you know, he mentions it, but it was, I never had this moment that I, I couldn't just keep going somewhere else. Yeah. You want to keep progressing the game the way they're doing it. Yeah. yeah. I actually love, um, we didn't talk about this, but you can run into a talus here and it yeah. introduces your first kind of free roaming mini boss. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. but, like those things are really fun to fight too, because you end up uh, to borrow a Titanfall two term rodeo rodeoing them. Yeah. 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 You end up climbing on the back of them and doing some attacks. It's a, uh, like it is kind of the perfect, the perfect size boss and the perfect amount of aggression to really make it feel badass to take one down. Yes. Yep. 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 Um, but yep. for now we're heading to, uh, Karakiko, Kar Kakariko, Kakariko, Kakariko village, um, which is past, uh, these, uh, a stable as well. Um, we talked about stables a little bit. Those are your resident evil boxes for horses. Um, and, uh, <laughs> You're heading to this village. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is in the dueling peaks area, uh, man. Yes. So, so like the, the vistas and just the idea that there are so many like noteworthy natural fixtures on the horizon and, and in the environment, like we haven't quite gotten the, uh, the, the, the camera and the quest for, uh, going and finding the places where pictures were taken. Um, you couldn't accomplish that without having such a well-designed visual world. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, you get your kind of advanced combat tutorial in the shrine above Kakariko. Like this is separate. They don't overwhelm you with that. But uh, your primary goal in here is to go to see Impa. Uh, it's a little bit of a walk to get there, too. Uh, Impa, before she gives you any details, she said you know, she puts you through the questions like, are you willing to give your life for the greater good? Just basically giving them like, you know, are you a hero? Answer yes or no or maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, um, we get more exposition yeah yeah impa to me is what turns this into um a zelda game yeah in in a way and i i say that in a way that i think makes it a little bit worse of an experience like impa lays out the quest i really think that a lot of the information she gives you you already knew yeah um i would yeah. have loved if the king who is a ghost 
was the person who talked to you and you know you have to go kill those those beasts mm-hmm. you know or you know you have to take them back like he told you that yeah this feels like a really unnecessary step that just feels really exposition heavy and very like stock standard zelda game to me you know these yeah. uh these kind of flashbacks and it, it introduces this side of the game that is a bummer to me like i didn't engage with it for very much time you spend a lot of time just off on your own doing the strength of the game it just meant that every time i ended up in one of these towns where everyone was happy and trying to trade me baked apples for chores like i got annoyed yeah. and when i had to talk to an impa and it you know the next area we're gonna go to i don't like that i feel like the game you know had this potential to be kind of about that dichotomy of like civilization rebuilding civilization like you know this actual sense of the wild the wild in this game is this beautiful verdant paradise that is not really violent like people will tell you that monsters are uh being more aggressive um you don't really see it you know Mm -hmm. you see a couple fights out in the wilderness but these towns are not fortified nobody is you know i'm not asking for more grimdark in my zelda i would love a sense of stakes though Mm -hmm. you know and and when i talk to impa is when i feel like it doesn't matter that i woke up you know, this this world could have continued on for another infinite years because yeah. everyone is happy and rebuilding and, and provided for, you know, um, Impa Impa's a real big problem for me in this game. Like, I, I don't like her and I don't like what she represents. Yeah, I wish that she didn't provide redundant information. Like if she ended up being, you know, kind of the introduction to what I think is, a, you know, of the talky bits of the game, the one that is more affecting for me is the relationship between Zelda her quest and link. Like, I think that stuff is generally pretty cool. What you get by yeah. going and doing the, the memories and stuff. Like if she started to give a little bit more characterization to Zelda, you know, as you know, her attendant and things like that, that would have been a more valuable use of the time, I think, rather than just reiterating what the, what the King had said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The fact they sent you here kind of made it a little unclear to me, whether these four things I was going to do was the first of, I'm going to do these four things and I'm going to, you know, typical Zelda structure, you collect these four things, you come here, or then you're going to have to collect six more things. Mm-hmm. It was unclear to me that that was going to be the game, <laughs> you know, right. because why yeah. did they send me here when they could have given 30 seconds of exposition to the prior conversation and just gotten me there? Yeah. Yep. Get your medallions. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I find, I find her to be a bummer. Um, you know, so she tells you uh, to learn more about your Sheikah slate. You need to go to Hateno village uh, to kind of complete the capabilities. Um, you know, you can go to the shrine near Kakariko to make this into a fast travel point mm-hmm. and do kind of an advanced combat tutorial, like learn about those uh, those flurry, flurry rushes and stuff. Um, but mostly you have this long walk to Hatano, which uh, to meet uh, Pura. Now, this is just another civilization that's super happy and fine. Yep. <laughs> and kind of has some like annoying busy work for you. There's this torch thing you have to do where you have to light a blue fire and carry it throughout the town, mm-hmm. which just means moving in a really slow fashion. Like you can't use the, the glider or anything. Right. Um, but you get up there uh, and this character is this weird, you know, again, this thing that doesn't feel like it fits the tone of the kind of lonesome exploration of the game to me. Right. Um, uh, she is this kind of uh, scientist who specializes in working with Sheikah technology. However, a failed experiment has de-aged her. Um, yes. And so, you know, she is kind of this, you know, just like cute child who's running around and like having you take selfies with the photos on your on your Sheikah slate and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, this unlocks the camera, as we mentioned, uh, kind of gives you that task to complete your compendium mm-hmm. of different like uh, flora and fauna yeah. there and talks about the memory 
uh, system, which is how you're going to get this backstory. Yes. Um, if you go to places uh, that you have in these photographs um, and take pictures, you get these little cutscenes. Yeah. Um, and when you get all of them, and it's tricky because one of the last ones is actually on the uh, island with uh, – no, it's it's up in um, Zelda's bedroom. Like it's super mm. deep into the final dungeon. Um, you want to do these because the reward is a good piece of armor. Um, however, it gets you the story. And just the, you know, the, for me, it was really satisfying to look at, you know, to examine, study these photos and just kind of like keep a, keep an eye out for places on the map where it might be, or like, oh, it has to be those mountains. So I'd have to be over here. Like that was a good scavenger hunt uh, I found. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like the experience of finding these a lot more than I like the experience of watching them. Mm. Like I don't actually yeah. like the content of the memories very much. Oh. I think that it's a really fun thing to look at a picture and try to find it in real life though. Yeah. Yeah. The locations were cool though. They were always kind of cool little magical places on the map where you could imagine the Vista and you could find something. I honestly, I was, I was aware of this, but at this point in the game, I went off in 30 hours of different directions (laughs) and probably, and probably didn't realize how this is actually essential to getting the quote, good ending to the game. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that didn't really occur to me. Yeah, it's it's me me too. Like I did this, and then I went off, you know. But I didn't go yeah. off looking for for pictures. I went off to go, you know, explore or go exactly. do the, uh, the 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 air divine beast, and then go explore. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. So again, that kind of uh, that that tension between these two halves of what this is doing. Like this is very traditional Zelda, right? Like mm-hmm. go get these these cutscenes. Like traditional Zeldas are very talky mm-hmm. uh, games, you know. Versus what I actually want to do, which is go be alone and have people leave me alone. You know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like, it sounds like Just the, way, the way you phrased that was very funny yeah. to me. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, do we get to pick a title for this episode? Because I think we found <laughs> it. <laughs> the, the, um, like, that, that's totally what I want out of this game. Like, and that's the way the yeah. game is at its best, right? Like, yeah, well, like, well, like Horizon, something isolated. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like super isolated, super lonely, you know, uh, desolate kind of yeah. feeling is really special in this game. Like, you and nature, mm-hmm. you know, and then just like every time one of these like Muppets opens their mouth, it just, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I, I i will i will speak you know i i don't expect you to agree with me i will speak in favor of these memories just because the the uh, it's show showing the process of zelda coming to grips with her limitations and the fact that she is not the person who is fated to kill uh ganon mm-hmm. uh is very I, I liked that bit of development and the fact that they are presented out of order you know like there's no real depth i like order that they're presented out of order yeah like in like you that. know putting the putting the story together i think that i think that you know enhanced it for me beyond what it would have been if I just watched them in sequence together. Right. I was, I was talking to somebody on Twitter about it and it feels like a, a jigsaw puzzle that like when you complete it, it's a picture of a filing cabinet or something, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's like, <laughs> that's fucking brutal, man. Like pretty, pretty fun to like have it in different <laughs> orders. But like, I just, you know, Z- Zelda is by far the best character in the game uh-huh. and everyone else sucks. I think right. like, I don't think any of the champions are good. They're all like really bad anime cliches. Like one of them is, is, uh, one of them's arrogant. The other one's a little bit arrogant, you know, and, and like rough and t- one's proper arrogant. One's rough and tumble arrogant. Yeah. Uh, one's the other one's dumb. angry, arrogant. And one, one is like sheepish. Right. Like they all have like yeah. kind of one character trait. Like I couldn't got, get invested in these characters at all. Hmm. Um, and like, I liked Zelda, but it was a weird thing where like, when you say it was about her coming to terms with this, um, like she wanted to be to be the thing. She didn't feel like she was fated. In the end, she ends up being fated. Right. 
to it, you know? So I, I, I came to the end where it's like, Oh, like her father's being a real dick, but like her father is kind of right though. Mm-hmm. You know, during this, like it felt like it didn't, it kind of undercut itself mm. for me too. So there was one character out of this whole group that I thought was well-developed and interesting. Yeah. And they kind of took that, that whatever the message was, you know, I wanted her to not you see all the way the evil through her magic mm. lineage, you know, because that was, that was, that kind of undercut her, her core, right? Like her dad was right. She should have been work, focusing on that. Maybe that would have saved Hyrule. Yeah. You know, um, I just, I feel like that wasn't well handled. Yeah. You know, and, and the other four guys, like don't even, don't even get me started on that. Bird. No, no. The other, the other, the other four guys are, you know, the, 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 the two guys and two ladies, uh, yeah. I, I didn't care for them. Those, those, those definitely were Muppets for, I, I don't know, just for, for me, see, seeing a, a hero deal with disappointment is an interesting story thing. And I don't know that I've seen that happen in this series. You know, even if we're just holding, they, it to this, holding it to that, expe- you know, that expectation. Go ahead, John. I thought the interesting thing was they, they finally made Zelda the main character of legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. but they then sort of disempowered her. I mean, she, she has a lot of power, but she's so full of self doubt. And I don't know, she kind of fit a lot of cliches that were unfortunate in my mind. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the kind of discourse around this, there is a lot of kind of talk about how this is empowering because she's been the reason why, She's been keeping Ganon busy this time, but we never really see that, you know, she's still kind of waiting for Link and then she gives him the tchotchke that he uses to win in the end. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't, it doesn't, I I agree with you. I don't think it fully forms the subversion that I, that I want it to like, she still seems kind of like, I don't like her. I like her characterization in terms of like it being an interesting character. I don't think it's super empowering. And I, Oh I yeah, like... I, I would make the claim that, that this is empowering. She, yeah. you know, like she, she, she's basically a lock on a very nasty, you know, door or chest for the entire yeah. time. <laughs> like, yeah, and I, and I wish she wasn't wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I wish that I think this would have been more powerful, and it would have told a more powerful message if, like, this was the Zelda where she didn't, you know, use her Zelda magic mm-hmm. to to help you win in the end. Like, they can't really, you know, they moved away from tradition in so many ways. Yeah. In this in this entry, and then fell into this very basic quest structure with here's some Gorons, here's some water people, here's some bird people. Mm-hmm. Like they they fell back into some very standard kind of tropey Zelda yeah, things, yeah. you yeah. know. But well, I, um, I, 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 cer- I certainly didn't walk into this intending to make a make it a point about whether or not it was empowering. I just oh, I no, thought, no, no, I thought I, it I didn't was an think effective story beat. Yeah, I didn't think you were. I just mean in terms of like how much value I get yeah. from these flashbacks in general, you know. Yeah. Well, regardless, um, doing the thing is cool. So, <laughs> yeah, finding them is good. Like it, yeah. it's you know the actual again like so many things in Breath of the Wild, you have to have that feeling of intrinsic value in the in the verb. Mm-hmm. You know, and the task has to be fun. It can't be about the reward. Yeah, in this game, yeah. I thought the cutscenes had a good visual design. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I was hitting this picture button a lot because there was just moments where I was like, you know, they did a lot of cool visual stuff with it. So the dialogue, I, part of her voice acting, mm-hmm. I didn't. Didn't care for that so much. Um, I think that it was very nice and spare. A lot of it, like I think yeah. the music leaned into that as well. This is where you get yeah. the majority of the like just the simple stripped down piano compositions mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's kind of those. There are a bunch of those. If you if you miss those or if you want to watch them, you can watch them in order on YouTube to actually get the story chronologically. The way you get them in the game is actually a lot more interesting. Yeah. Like getting them out of order for sure. Um. So we're off. 
you know, we have uh, this thing. You can uh, upgrade your your runes, as we mentioned. Um, I think this is where you get the, the quest or the hint about that. Mm-hmm. But really, we're just going to head off to the first Divine Beast. And this isn't the first one that me and Cole did, but it's the first one they want you to do. Yeah. Which is uh, Va- Varuta, which is in the Zora Kingdom. It's the one that is nearest to uh, Hateno and Kakariko Village. Uh, and also the yes. one that is like, it's the only one that is not outright hostile in the environment um, and yeah. to, to, to directly to your health. Like you walk into this and this entire kingdom is shrouded in rain all the time, which is a bit of a bummer because it means you can't really climb. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, like, you know, I entered the Zora kingdom from the paraglider on the tower and you, right away, at this, uh, at the river leading into the domain, Prince Sidon, uh, you know, approaches and like, hey, uh, follow me. We're in danger from all of this uh, rain that is falling from Divine Beast Varuta. And you get this long and winding kind of river trip as uh, the prince forgets that he swims and you don't. <laughs> and this is, I like this sequence a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, you, uh, it, there are a lot of enemy kind of traps set up here including uh, your introduction to elemental arrows uh, the first time with these bacoblins that shoot those uh, which are going to become important um, here so you can collect a few of those which you're going to need and you're you're dealing with them for the first time Um, like a status effect when you get zapped you drop all your stuff (laughs) drop your weapon and stuff and does does good damage and eventually this leads to the actual zora domain which is this kind of floating uh, city yeah. thing that looked like something out of like Final Fantasy VIII to me. Yeah, that's what like that was that. the comparison. I was going to compare it to the, like the ancient city in um, Final Fantasy VII, actually. Yeah. It's like these floating discs that's surrounded by uh, these waterfalls. It's very, yeah. very pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we should also talk about how Zoras have an entire shark for their head. <laughs> like, it's pretty weird, right? Like, it's not like they have a, a shark's head. <laughs> right. They have an entire shark with presumably like an entire shark's like everything yeah. instead of real yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an entire race that evolved, um, you know, trying to get into movie theaters by stacking themselves up um, underneath <laughs> trench coats. And then it just kind of stuck. It's a little bit like Cthulhu, how he has an entire octopus for a head. Oh, yeah. Or like an ithalid, you know, ilithid, like has a, an octopus for a head. These guys have a shark for a head. <laughs> Presumably, um, it makes them good swimmers, but you would think the thing that would swim better than a person with a shark head would just be a shark. Sure, so, or, so, just, or just a head. Yeah. So, 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 John, are are you proposing some kind of thing where every Zora, when they swim, the shark head swims faster, so they're kind of like turning circles with their feet as the axis? I think it's more like their body just crunches into their head and they swim. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird design. And there's a kid. I don't I know in the DLC you see a kid. Do you see a kid in the main game? But it's even weirder to see a child with a shark head. No, I <laughs> I think there are some kids in the village. Yeah. Um, you know, mostly and this is you know, this is a place of civilization as well as like a quest place. Like you can, you know, gear up and stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you go meet the king, who's this gigantic uh, whale dude. This is King Dorothon. Um, you know, he greets you, but the chancellor, you know, he is dead set against a, Hy- a Hylian or a Hylian uh, meddling in their affairs, right? 
You know, he doesn't want you yeah. to stop it. But if we don't act, then the reservoir is going to burst and it's going to flood the rest of the kingdom. Finally, yes. stakes. Yeah, yeah. And kind of like you still run into people who tell you to do things for baked apples here. Like, <laughs> right. You know, but it, it's it's there's the people are talking about stakes if they're not acting like it. Yeah. Um, the king gives you Although the Zora you, armor. You know who's equipped to deal with a flood? People with shark heads. Mm, yeah. Yeah, they, they do seem like they'd be fine. Um, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think they're worried about everybody else, except for that, except for that chancellor who's thinking, ah, more, more, <laughs> more land more, for more me. Water for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they give you the Zora armor, which uh, allows you to swim faster in general and swim up waterfalls, uh, which is cool. And it is kind of like a mild verb uh, yeah. that you added here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you uh, you meet the chancellor, you know, you have to convince him. Uh, you meet the chancellor and the prince over by the statue of Mipha, who was one of, you know, the deceased Zora princess, who was one of the old guardians. Right. One, um, of, one of the heroes. And she had it bad for Link, just like yes. the uh, just like the Zora princess in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Yep. Um, when you put on this armor in front of the chancellor, uh, that convinces them that Mipha loved you, you know, because it was it, it fits you perfectly. Yep. She made it. For um, him. Yes. And says, hey, you have to go get some shock arrows before you do this. Uh, there is a man-beast Lionel um, up at Shatterback Point, uh, <laughs> which you can head up to. Which, it's very ballsy for the game to introduce you to a Lionel this early. Oh my god, uh, I died so much. Yeah, it's You a, don't it's have a- to fight him, that's the crazy thing, right? I, I mean, <laughs> But he would just, like, spot me and then instant death. Yeah. I fought him too, but it was just, I think it's kind of cool. They were like, we're going to put him here and we're going to dare you to fight him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's uh, extremely difficult to fight if you actually try to fight it here. Oh, yeah. Extremely difficult to sneak around, too. I, I ended up uh, going to uh, a village down on the south coast where they sold these things. Oh, really? Yeah. I just <laughs> bought as many as I needed. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck Shatterback Point. Like, uh, I'm going to go solve this problem with capitalism. <laughs> That's the lamest solution you can possibly come up with. Yeah. The, um, yeah, it is, it, it's kind of introducing you to stealth and, and stuff if you, if you don't do that and you can, um, I ended up being able to sneak through it, but I had to do a, uh, you know, augment my stealth with, yeah. with sneaky snails or whatever I, I ate to do so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can also yeah. buy stealth, like, uh, the stealth armor is really effective in a way that you would not expect it to be. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, but you get there, you get your, your, uh, lightning arrows and, uh, you do this, uh, this approach. Like all these dungeons have kind of an approach sequence. Yeah. You know, there's kind of a solving the puzzle of the village in general, an approach, and then the dungeon. Yes. Um, yeah. So Varuda is a gigantic elephant. Um, and the prince says, like, hey, jump on my back. Oh, you mean the back of the shark that you're? No. Nope. <laughs> like, behind the shark, you know, on, on my actual back. Specify the back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which of my two backs? Mm-hmm. And I'm the beast with two backs. It's me. <laughs> don't don't put sit in and beast with two backs into Google because you'll you'll find a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, so you 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 ride around and essentially the elephant kind of shoots uh, ice blocks at you. Yeah. <laughs> so so what you're doing is like the like he has these uh, waterfalls you know kind of cascading off the side of him. You fly up these waterfalls, launch into the air, pull out your um, your bow and arrow, shoot the ice blocks out of the air while it's in slow motion. Load up your uh, your shock arrow and then fire at the weak point on the like the elephant's shoulders. Yeah, you can use arrows or you can use uh, cryonis, cryon, cryonis, cry, cry, cryonis, cryonis to uh, to take out the ice blocks. Mm. Uh, you don't shoot them. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of like a 
really like I don't think you can even die in this sequence. Like I'm mean, sure you can, but it's pretty hard to. You know, it's just for spectacle. Yeah, it like it is it is just meant to make you feel like you are doing something really badass. Yes. Yep. Um once you eventually get all these weak points, um you're able to actually get into uh Varuda. Yeah. Um this is so this is so nice because it gives you a fast travel point and you can leave at any time. Like you just press the button on the on the map and say, Yeah, I'm gonna dip out. Um, so you go back and stock up if you, if you need to, like a couple of points, I would walk into these with no arrows, but mm. they're, you know, incredibly important for clearing away the corruption and stuff. So giving you the opportunity to just like get out of them at will, uh, is a very kind design decision. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this, this whole dungeon is kind of, uh, the centerpiece is this big water wheel in the middle, uh, and you can manipulate, uh, this, this elephant once you get to the, uh, the first little point. Um, and change where his trunk, like where the angle of his water comes in, where his mm -hmm. trunk is spraying water onto his back. Right. Uh, which uh, activates different, uh, different mechanisms and uh, powers, uh, you know, the doors for different rooms and stuff. And the majority of the puzzles here are going to be about, um, you know, moving this at the right times to navigate and get to get to these uh, terminals that you're going to. Yeah. And each dungeon has about seven extra treasure chests you can get as well, which are generally worth it. For the time you get there. Um, after you do all of them, uh, you get all the uh, little points. You get to fight the boss. Um, the bosses do scale to difficulty in that the first one you fight is a certain amount of difficulty. The second one you fight is another amount of difficulty. So they're not quite as static, you know, as, as I initially thought. Yeah, that's, right uh, that's a good choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this, this first one is Water Blight Ganon. Mm -hmm. um, do, you, do you guys like the, de the designs on the Ganons? In the in this game, I, I mm. don't think that I do. I think that they're kind of visually busy and not very appealing looking to me. And repetitive. <laughs> and and well, yeah, anything anything in this game that is not the wild is pretty repetitive. Like, I think. But yeah, I mean, I, it's very hard for me to visually read these these blight ganons. Yeah, it, it's um, looking at them. I I think I agree with you. They they're kind of Teflon design for me, especially the bodies themselves. I think that. Really, I pay more attention to like the weapons and stuff, you know, and like what that, they can do, their that, abilities. Yeah, right, right. But the but the things themselves, like they 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 look a little bit like Ganondorf, like they have like Ganondorf aspects to them. Yeah, I think busy <laughs> is the right word for it. Like it's a little bit like a, a this is an imperfect comparison, but it's like what is the Wii U version of Cleric Beast? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Without it affecting play as much. Right, right. You know, it, it's a. I think that they're all easy enough to read. When I say hard to read, I don't mean in a gameplay sense. I just mean as like, you know, what are what are the legs? You know, they kind of look like Warframes. Like it, it, it's hard to like, you know, I don't think this thing looks. It's hard for me to think this looks cool. Yeah, I want it. You know, I yeah. want it to look cool. I wouldn't. I don't want an action figure of this. Right. You know, yeah. um, who wants to play this guy in Smash? You know, not me. <laughs> no. Um, it's a cool fight, and all four of them are cool fights. Mm -hmm. But there's just I not did, a whole. I lot. did read. And I don't have anything to – I have not thought this fully through, but I've read that there's some theory that the actual different blights are are designed so that they would counter effectively the different champions based upon the weapons they have and their abilities. Mm -hmm. I haven't fully mm -hmm. fleshed that out, but it's sort of an interesting lore concept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll look around if there's something in, I can find for show notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll put that in there. Yeah. yeah. I, I could see them taking that taking that into um in, into account so like i think part like another part of the problem with like with the way these look is that it feels like it's in a different style as well 
like yeah yeah universally the things that i love the most are the things that are out in the wild uh you know the kind of the updated versions of the zelda one enemies i think the lionels basically any creature who's out there looks really appealing the sheikah stuff is its own aesthetic this you know it is intentionally made to look alien and ugly and corrupt uh but i think that it misses the mark in terms of also making that aesthetically pleasing i think there yeah. there, there would be I'm, i don't know i'm not a designer um, this is totally me armchair doing it. I think it seems like there would be an opportunity to make it fit in more while communicating the kind of sinister aspect that they want to get across. Right. Yeah. They're, they're so, um, the texture is just so, cause everything, this is a cell shaded looking kind of game, you know, everything kind of looks like a beautiful cartoon, Yeah. you know, and the, these things look like scribbles, you know, and a lot of them, and I think that is doing that contrast might've been intentional, but mm-hmm. I would have went a different way with it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the fight. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, so he primarily attacks with his spear, but it's super easy to dodge. Like, this is also a good, I think, first fight to get into because his opening phase is simple enough. You know, it's about, yeah. it is about timing your leaps. Yep. Um, and he uh, he has very predictable AI. So, like, if you're close, if you're mid-range, if you're far range, he does very kind of steady attacks during the first phase. Um, all the bosses have two phases, mm-hmm. though, uh, yes. in this one. So that first phase is pretty easy. Um and for this guy, and kind of in general, I almost, I mostly used arrows. Yeah. For, for bosses, um, you know, well, they all the fly around. <laughs> they all fly around. They all have a big glowing, weak, like blue eye, and if you hit them, it does pretty good damage. Yeah. You know, I got pretty good at aiming arrows. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I did. A, I fought them a lot with that. But you can, you know, parry him. You can uh, get in real close and do a lot of damage with him. Um, in phase one, in phase two, he fills the arena with water. So you have four small kind of platforms, and he'll start hurling ice blocks at you. Um, so you need to pull up your own ice blocks to to make cover or get under the uh, the blocks. And here, the biggest problem I had was just if I hit him with an arrow and knocked him down, I get, swam really slowly. To him. Yeah. yeah, getting to him in time to do any good damage. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you'd have to uh, plan it out. Is, uh, is is ultimately what I ended up having to do, especially with Cryonis, to kind of make a makeshift platform to get across. Like it would give yeah. me just enough uh, lift to uh, to to clear the distance with the paraglider. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, after you beat him, uh, he dies, and we run into the ghost of Mipha, uh, one of the, the old champions, and uh, she can uh, assumes control of the great beast. Says like, "I'll be there for you when when it's time to fight Ganon," and gives you uh, your first kind of superpower here. Which is a uh, Mythos Grice, <laughs> uh, which when it works, uh, when you die, you will recharge full health and some armor hearts. Yeah, and uh, has a really long re, uh, kind of respec time. Yeah, kind of re rock time. Um, I wish that there wasn't such an obnoxious audio cue when one of these fired up. Again, we're picking so many <laughs> nits in this, but like having it as an interface element is good. Like showing, okay, here's here's a here's the cooldown. You know, here's the timer. But then like Mifa's Grace is ready to go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The volley's gale is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, for again, like this game is great. I wish it was less talky. You know? <laughs> this could have been a little ding, you know, on on my yeah. on my interface which What you, what you ought to do is go change the spoken language um and maybe even the uh the dialogue to Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that's a lot of times like the older games did they didn't use a, another language they would use kind of a, a sim simlish mm-hmm. kind of thing and that might yeah. be less obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you go back in to the king, he's like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. In the champion's ballad, you actually refight all of these blights. Oh no. Um, and it's interesting because they give you limited resources. They basically give you the resources that would be associated with the champion. You have their weapon, their armor. Um, but the cool thing is you actually 
earn upgrades to these abilities. So the Mifa Revive, I, for example, I think the recharge on it is 24 minutes. Hmm. It's a while, uh, I think. No. Yeah. I think it's eight It's eight minutes after you've, after you've um, oh, wow. beaten it the second time. So they actually give you pretty awesome rewards yeah, when you really go back. I won't mention it for all of them, but that is one of the kind of cool conceits is that you will refight these battles and you actually get some pretty decent rewards out of them. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, they, 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 they tie that into the story. Like, you are going back and i guess like are you you're going back into the past and fighting as them or you're reenacting the fights it's unclear there's a i'll look it up but there's a term for what those fights are it's like immaterial or something like that yeah. they give you this little message that says like this isn't just a fantasy this is real they give you some kind of message like that i'm paraphrasing huh. and but it's unclear what i think if you're just fighting on their behalf or you're trying to fight on their behalf again but yeah, yeah it's actually it's pretty good yeah, that, that's really cool. I'm glad that they do that. And you can also get, I mean, as we we talk about side quests, like you get a lot of mileage out of reducing your verbs, right? Like fighting these guys again wouldn't feel like repetition if you have limited equipment, the same way that like even Tide Island works, you know? Yeah. Um, so you, you get there, the king uh, is very happy that you've stopped the rain and gives you a very nice trident that will nonetheless break because you won. <laughs> because um, all is fleeting. Yes. Um, and you head up to, uh, this is actually my least favorite kind of run up. Uh, section of this like i like this dungeon just fine i don't like what leads to it yeah. um divine beast uh va rodania which is in the goran kingdom yes and we're headed up to mount doom mm -hmm. yeah uh and this is you know there's kind of two different there's heat and also fire as a uh, weather effects mm -hmm. um this is extreme heat that will set you on fire <laughs> uh so things if you went to the desert first which i did um that will not protect you here no no absolutely not uh it is amazing that certain parts of hyrule are on the surface of Mercury. Yes, yes, <laughs> extremely uh, going up a volcano here. Yeah. Um, and, so and, I, and I know it's Death Mountain. I know it's not Mount Doom. Yeah. It's, um, so on, on your way there, you, you stop by Stable. You get some uh, kind of elixirs to give you that fire resistance um, because you're going to eventually get armor that will take care of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a side quest you absolutely want to do to get a, to get a piece of that armor that will get you up to the city. Uh, where you're going around collecting some special lizards from a mining site. Um, mm. I love the way this heat resistant armor looks because it looks hand welded, and also the helmet has like a like an old timey football kind of grill on the front. I was going to say old old timey football too. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, when you get up to uh, the Goron city, uh, the Goron king doesn't know who you are, but he does want to stop uh, Va Rodania because um, he's hurling gigantic magma balls at their kingdom, <laughs> which again seems like a a, a big deal. Yeah. But it doesn't, you know, everyone seems pretty happy and, and they're still Gorons. It seems like more than anything, it's hurting tourism. Because, yeah. Because I think like a, like a flying Maybe magma I'm... ball is, it'd be like uh, getting a free like facial scrub. Yeah. yeah. For these guys. Like for... they, they can handle it. Yeah. They can hang. Um. So, uh, and he had already sent somebody up there. Um. He has his knight, uh, Yunobu, um, who has not returned. Right. Uh, Yunobu. So, um, you have to go up there to get, uh, to get free pants shipped to you at yonobos.com. <laughs> um, so you have to do this. Uh, this is kind of your, your pre thing. And like I said, I, I don't like this of the, the quadrant of, of approaches. Like I don't like the Goron city. I didn't like dealing with fire. Right. Right. Uh, very much in this. And it's like, I like traversing and I liked being able to make my way through this kingdom. And I just got sick of areas that would set me on fire when I stepped on them. Yeah. Here. So, yeah, I ran into that, too. Uh, it seemed like once I figured out how to not catch fire, that was kind of the end of it for me. Yeah. Um, and even the like the like the parts 
where you're navigating the mine carts with your stasis, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. like, like powering them along. Like that's neat, but it only goes so far, by which I mean, you'll go about 20 feet on those mine carts where you have to get off and start walking again. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so when you, when you eventually get to this, this night, um, and you have to use these kind of bomb cannons to, to clear them out that you find in the way, um, he tells you about the initial great hero, Derek. Yes. Um, and you guys decide on a course of action, like how you're going to get to this gigantic, uh, great beast, which is a salamander yeah. by this time that climbs on the side of death mountain. Yeah. I, I love the design of this thing. It's really, really effective. Uh, and it's not just a salamander who's hurling, uh, these, uh, these rocks, uh, he's got a bunch of little options. He has uh, flying sentries who guard him uh, and send an alert so he knows where to shoot these. Uh, you have to yeah. get Yunobu there along with you. So the entire uh, run-up is both stealth and escort. Yes. Yeah, but it's not bad. Like, right. it, as much as that sounds awful, like, it actually functions pretty pretty well. And you can actually fight this section if you want to. Uh-huh. Um, it's difficult because the uh, the sentries, the, the guardian flying guardians are very, very difficult at this point in the game. But... Mm-hmm. If you get caught, it's not the end of the game. No, no, it's very, it's very fun to pick up a uh, like a like a piece of metal debris, walk out, and then just kind of like gently knock the drones out of the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, you get in here, and the kind of gimmick for this uh, this guardian or this uh, this great divine beast is that uh, you can turn him on his side, um, turn him ninety degrees, which changes what's the floor and what's the wall. Right. Uh, yeah. To kind of navigate here. Um, it's also very dark when you first start up, so you have to get this blue flame to kind of light it up and open the uh, the hatches yeah. to make it light up in there. Um, and this whole dungeon relies on you kind of uh, understanding the way flammable surfaces work uh, because, you know, you're going to have to use fire arrows or, you know, fire arrows through torches uh, to burn away some of this foliage uh, to get to some of these, uh, some of these platforms. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that, like, catching the grass on fire wasn't a bigger deal elsewhere in the game like the fact that it was confined solely to these puzzles was a bit of a bummer for me because you know far cry 2 right it's fun to light a grass fire and chase people out of of an outpost they made a really big deal about it in the run-up to the game about the fire setting and how it's going to affect the game and it almost never actually happens yeah yeah there's only a couple times too yeah, and you you can use it in the wild like really briefly to kind of burn away areas of grass uh-huh. to give yourself yeah. a brief up updraft, but it's not a huge deal, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, after you uh, kind of do this uh, this main puzzle about clearing this path for this big metal ball, um, you get to fight Fireblight Ganon, who is your melee Ganon. Yeah, it's yeah. got like a, like a big two handed sword, and he's very aggressive. It's like a like not demon fire sage. What am I thinking? A flame lurker. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or Demon Fire's Age. Yeah. Also a big guy with a two-handed weapon who's very aggressive. <laughs> True. No. Um, yeah, so if you're at a distance, he kind of throws fireballs at you. Um, if you're close, he will do, you know, parryable attacks. And it is probably the most like a Dark Souls boss mm-hmm. of these guys, I think. Yeah. Um, until you get him down to phase two, <laughs> uh, which he kind of throws these like bigger, slower fireballs. Yeah, and surrounds himself with this gigantic kind of flame shield as in a, a huge flame orb. Uh, the trick is to constitute that he sucks in a bunch of debris that burns up to make it. So when he is um, drawing in material for his shield, if you throw bombs at him and then detonate it, it'll actually like knock him to the ground. That's the way that you uh, create a, a big enough opening to wail on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not too hard, but a pretty fun fight. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, after you take them, hitting him down, uh, Derek leave, uh, Derek. Uh, Derek. D- 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 Daruk. <laughs> Daruk. 
Okay. Uh, Druk leaves and gives you uh, Druk's protection, um, which gives you kind of, as long as you're blocking, you can absorb three uh, free hits yes. there. What does that upgrade into, John? Um, I, I think it just shortens the amount of time. It may give you more hits. It, none of them profoundly change. They just kind of make them more available. Yeah. Okay. No, I think the so- other advantage of this is I think if you get a block with this it, it, against a Guardian, it automatically does the perfect block. Is that right? Hmm. Um, I don't think so. I think it doesn't break your shield, but I don't think it reflects the arrow. Yeah. I could okay. be wrong about that, but I didn't I didn't think it did. And it could have been – when I tried it, it didn't work, but that could have been a couple different factors yeah. as well. So uh, the, the, There's also something I think that for some enemies, is if they're weak enough, if they attack you in this in this prox, you know, you have it up, it might uh, it might uh, kind of like deflect their weapon, like fly, like fling it out of their hand. I think there's a little bit of a shockwave to it when it fires. Um, yeah, so you, you take out these guys and then the Garans go about their day. Northwest is a divine beast of Von Meadow. Um, this is in the Rito Kingdom, and this is the one I did first because again, you get that good, uh, good exploration. And also, ability. you know, wild horses could not keep me away from a kingdom of birdmen. <laughs> yeah, and they tried. Uh, Both goblins were riding them, but <laughs> the um, yeah, they, they were, weren't quite wild horses. The um, tamed horses could not keep me away either, which yeah. are actually scarier than wild horses now that you think about it. Like <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they don't fear humans. Yeah, they don't fear humans, and also someone can tell them to bite you. Oh. Um, so this uh, this involves you going through the extreme cold, which you've already had a taste of on the plateau. Um, you know, So you should already have the gear necessary, but it's actually colder than your warm doublet will deal with. So you have to have a warm doublet and eat a, a thing with a, a spicy darner or whatever Yeah, uh, as well. Yeah, it's uh, especially at night, like learning to <laughs> learning to read your little temperature meter to understand what's protected and what's not is pretty valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you get up there and, you know, this is like a gigantic uh, kind of like tree house suspended over um, suspended over a, a lake. It's governed by an owl king and Va Meadow is above like this is the one the one divine beast that you can see basically from across the map because it flies in these lazy circles uh, over top. Um, the reason this is uh, a problem for them is that it's got these automatic guns. If any of the Rito try to fly high, uh, then it shoots them down, which is a real problem for some bird people. <laughs> yeah, who who just kind of want to fly high. Yeah. Like, the, the Rito are really one-note in this game. <laughs> like, these guys, I, I hate these guys. I hate your new guy and I hate your old champion who are just like, <laughs> you, you don't fly. Perhaps you could be more majestic, like me. Uh, and it's like Pose. so... It's, it is it is so, uh, you know, kind of monotonous. You know, it, it happens every time because you run into Tiba, um, your, your new champion, because all these champions have kind of like a champion junior mm-hmm. that, that you run into, like their descendant or whatever. Um, and he's almost exactly the same as uh, uh, Vivali, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, Ravali. Um, it's just it's you, know, oh, you don't have wings. Perhaps you could be, you know, more, you know, more perfect if you were like us. And it's like, <laughs> oh, OK. 
you know, okay. <laughs> you know, like, I, I no, I, I, I do not like it when people are talking to me in this game. Like, <laughs> I do shut not, up, bird. I do not mean to pinion you with uh, criticism. Yeah. Well, do you see what I did? Yeah. I, yeah. I will I will strip you of every feather on your fucking body. <laughs> Get away from the talking bird. <laughs> like, um, there's gotta, only one talking bird I like, and it's Bob Mackie's bird, Louie. That's it. <laughs> Got, got, got to say though, I, I'm a big fan of the uh, of the bird nursery on the village. The ten, ten tiny little bird babies are cute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I don't no. need your goddamn approval, Gary. I, I, would, I, I would dunk them in a soup. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would put them. I would boil them. So, if I could. Now you're just being provocative. <laughs> I'll eat a bird. Um, the uh, so. This uh, the kind of approach here is pretty minor. This little you have to do a little test to do this uh, target practice test because that's what you're going to do, where you ride these thermal jets up. Yeah, this is the and first she- time that I realized that time slowed down when you fired in the air. Mm. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So you do that if you can if you can hit those targets, then uh, you know your buddy Tebow will will actually take you to the cannons. Yeah, and uh, this is weird. Like this looks really cool and looks very dangerous. Um, it's it's. Really not, because he'll catch you and he'll just be <laughs> yeah. up Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know? you're you're also over just a gigantic field of thermals. Like, yes. you know, if you run out of stamina, yeah. you just you know, let go, ride for a little bit, and then swoop back yep. up. Yep. yep, yep, yep. But it's also very dramatic, and I I love the bomb arrows. I couldn't get enough of these. I wish there was a way to craft them. Actually, yeah, I bought them whenever I could. Yeah, yeah, they are the trump card to any situation. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the rockets is what they are they have like aoe like i almost well, like want to do a rocket jump off the back of them yeah pretty pretty cool yeah yeah so you uh you shoot these uh specific guns down so you can get in close um he drops you off and says see ya mm-hmm. and then you do the dungeon yes uh the control gimmick for this one is that you can kind of like pick the tilt of its wings as it goes along um and this will move some things that are sliding uh kind of on uh these rails uh, and also, like, it will change what is the high ground and what's the low ground because this is a very dramatic uh, <laughs> kind of kind of dungeon as well. You spend a lot of time on the back of this bird that is in full flight, or also like jumping around in the undercarriage of its wings. Yeah, uh, this yeah. is this We're... is my favorite dungeon by far. Yeah, this is really cool. Um, if you don't count uh, Hyrule Castle, this is my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's pretty neat. Um. You uh, and there's a lot of bomb puzzles here, which uh, you know I, I appreciate kind of timing based kind of things. Yeah. Um, once you once you complete this, uh, you fight Windblight Ganon, um, who again kind of flies up in the air and is uh, very fast. Um, he kind of tries to get, uh, but you have to kind of get these attacks in before before he gets to you, and you can take these kind of updrafts to shoot bomb arrows at him in the air. Yeah. Um, so kind of iterating on the idea of what you did to get in here. Yeah. And probably one of the better of the blight fights, one of the better ones because. You're using the drafts. It makes it interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of verticality to it. And it just seems really cool. Like you're flying through the air at a thousand miles per hour on this gigantic bird. Like it's really nice that you do it on top of the bird. Yeah. It, I mean, and it also it is a change to the arena that empowers you as opposed to, you know, providing a hindrance. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, once you actually, and once you knock him down with one of these bomb arrows, you can go up and hit him with your sword. It's a lot easier than the, uh, the water, water bite yeah. cannons. Um, once you're done, Rivali shows up. He's a, he's a ghost now, force ghost, and he gives you Rivali's gale, which is really great. Yeah. Um, gives you a huge jump. 
Um, you know, this yeah. huge updraft. And you could use it three times before it needs to recharge, which is significant. <laughs> it is. And you can, and if you do the Champions Ballad, you can, I looked it up, you can cut it back from six minutes to recharge to two minutes, which is pretty oh, substantial. Shit. Yeah, yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. The other it. thing, I think, I don't know if we mentioned it about, and we may have, all of these special abilities that you get from these champions or defeating these divine beast bosses. The weird thing about them is you have to use them up before they recharge. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a weird design decision. So if you have three, you have to get to zero before you'll get three back. You can't go to two and then just recharge to three, yeah. which seems like a not big deal. But you can't hold it in your back pocket, which is, I don't know. I don't think that's a good design decision. No, like if they, uh, it would be nice if they recharged one at a time, right? Yeah. Because like if yeah. you're walking around with one Revali's Gale or one Daruk's Protection, that's wasteful. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's the same thing yeah. that Master Sword does as well. Like you have to actually fully wear it out before it'll start recharging, yeah. which is kind of a bummer. Like it, it's trying to enforce that downtime to make you use a variety of tactics, but like. I, I don't, the I flip don't, side I don't of it is that you sit, you find yourself standing next to a rock, smashing your sword so that it will start recharging. <laughs> exactly. Or just using the gale one more time because you know you have a long foot journey and you don't need it. Mm-hmm. And you'd rather yeah, have three exactly. once you get there. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. my fave. Yeah. I um, it would it. have been an easy change to make, too. Like, I don't, uh, you know, this is not asking for the world to make that work a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, but it's worth restating Revali's gale is an awesome ability. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would, I would say like necessary for doing like shrine hunting. Yeah. Yeah. By, yeah. by far the most useful and most fun. Yeah. Um, the final divine beast is uh, Von Niboris in the Gerudo kingdom. Yes. Um, this one is down in the Southwest. It's in the, uh, it's in the desert. Um, this might be, I don't know, like all of these, all of these ex- aside from the, uh, the um, Zora domain are hostile. I think that the, uh, the divine, <laughs> the, the desert, like the Gerudo desert, is it Gerudo or Gerudo? I always say Gerudo. Oh, I, I always said Gerudo, but I might yeah. be wrong. Uh, yeah. I, I know they say it in the game. That is a benefit of the voice acting, but I just, I guess I didn't pay attention. Yeah, uh, they don't say their own their own name all that often. No, know, no. So, yeah. um, well, at, at one point, like one of the heroes says that it's personal because in the past, uh, Ganon uh, kind of disguised himself as a Gerudo. And yeah. so like, that's the reason they want to take him out. That and the whole ending the world thing. Or, you know, making everybody happy and get hand out baked apples thing. Um, yes. <laughs> they, we can get two baked apples if Ganon wasn't there. <laughs> the so can fully, fully double the number yeah. of baked apples you get for doing chores. <laughs> to finish my point, though, uh, the desert is pretty hostile. Like, And also, <laughs> like, it is, you know, like, it, it's not as vertical as other things. So, like, you're not going to have a, lo- a lot of opportunities to uh, to paraglide and cover the distance. Like, you're going to have to you know, make the run, especially between the trading outpost, this bazaar and the Gerudo kingdom itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it gets cold at night Yep, as well. So there is a temperature, temperature fluctuation, not just, uh, you know, it's not just hot. I love coming in on, uh, on foot though, going through that winding Canyon with all like the scaffolding up and down the sides. Yeah. 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 Um, when you get to the trading out, uh, post, they talk about the Gerudo town and they say they won't let any men in. Yeah, um, but they mentioned somebody who has dressed up as a woman who is able to get in. Yeah, like you, you, you go to the town; they won't let you in. You find a thief who's like staking it out, saying there's somebody who's getting in. I don't understand it. Um, but yeah, it's a crossdresser. Yep. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's how you how you do it. You find uh, that person. You follow these series of clues uh, to find him on the roof of this trading outpost, and he'll sell you uh, the clothes, right. the ladies' clothes, so you can get in. Um, one of the ways you can get there is there's these sand seals that you can navigate on, which are kind of like horses for the desert. <laughs> They're horses uh, that you sled behind. Yes. Um, 
once you get into the uh, the town, um, and it functions as a normal town, you can buy stuff. Um, you've talked to the uh, the Grudo chief, uh, Ryu or Riju. Yeah, Riju. Um, Riju, uh, who's a young woman uh, who has lost this relic that they need to get close to Von Nubaras. Yeah. Um, there's a, an ancient relic of their people. It is a it, is a it is a helmet that will protect from uh, from from lightning. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we get a little like side quest, like we have another errand to do that is you know different from the other uh, the other places, uh, you know some of these other kingdoms. We have to go and uh, break into the uh, the headquarters of the Yiga clan. And by this point, these guys have been harassing me up and down the map. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the, the Yiga clan are people who like actually worship Ganon. Right. You know they're they're people, and they've been at this point. You can run into them because they pose as. Uh, <laughs> You know, po- pose as travelers right. or merchants or have you talk to them and you have to do this fight. Um, they're fairly standard kind of melee fights. Their big mm-hmm. thing is they can teleport yeah. um, around, but they're not actually that tricky. And they always drop mighty bananas. And now you get to see where mighty bananas, uh, where they store them. <laughs> where, uh, here. where they fit into the Yiga ecology. Yeah. 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 Um, and it is, is a... it is a little disarming in a world where characters are not hostile to you. Uh-huh. That mm-hmm. when you run into them, they will, they will be like, hey, how are you doing? I'm going to kill you. And then they turn into these guys and kill you or try to kill you. Uh-huh. It is yeah. a little kind of offsetting when you actually run into them in the natural world. Yep. Um, the, it, the first yeah. time is great. <laughs> the first time is great. Yeah. And it made me distrust everybody else that I saw. Exactly. On the side of the road. <laughs> it's a good, good thing. There's nothing you really lose from not talking to those people. Right. Like, yeah. um, <laughs> that's kind of my default MO. Yeah. yeah. Um, this, I love this little mission. I love that it's a stealth mission that doesn't have to be, uh-huh. you know, yeah. if you get caught, you can fight. If you'd rather fight, you can. You know, because I, I did this one. Big guys? Can you actually win a fight with the big guys? They're I I found them to be tough. If you have good weapons, you can. You yeah, know, like they are I, tough. Like you know, but the uh, they're it's possible. Like you can yeah, fight yeah. them, and you you have a lot of verticality. You have a lot of like you can do a lot of tricks. Like if you have a lot of patience, you know, you can do a lot of bombing runs. <laughs> you know, quite literally, especially if you've upgraded your bombs. At this yeah, point. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, so I love that there are bananas everywhere. I love that you can use the bananas as bait. Uh, that yep. if you're mm-hmm. going to run this as pure stealth, you really have to, you know, to kind of like guide them around. Um, and just that one massive stealth arena where they're all on their own little, their, their own little patrol paths. And they just have those tiny little platforms up above certain parts that are designed for you to shoot them out. So the bananas can fall into their path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it is so artificial, but I love it so much. Yeah. I it's just really love fun. the room full of bananas. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, we just wandered off the set. It was like the end of Blazing Saddles. Like we left the we left the Zelda set. Now we're on the Donkey Kong Country set. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if it makes me think about if uh you know, if I love Mighty Milk, maybe I'd really love a Mighty Banana. Mm. You know? Yeah. Or muscle milk. It's not mighty milk. Yeah, I was gonna say mighty milk. <laughs> What's that from? Yeah, there's no such thing as mighty milk. It's what you, it's what you get if you get mighty uh, mighty mouse. Mm. And uh, mighty mouse got nipples. Greg, can you milk him? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> it's one of his powers. It doesn't come up very often. Mighty milk. Um, <laughs> the um. So you uh, once you get this, you you get to this end boss uh, here. So I like that there's actually a mini boss here. Uh-huh. You know, I like this segment yes. a lot. Um, none of these jokes land for me, but I think that this is, you know, he, it's, uh, you know, he does a lot of posing and, and tries to be really big. And his whole thing is he's kind of like a geomancer. Like he can, he can summon up boulders. Um, and you want to hit him with an arrow. Uh, he has a shield that's coming up, but he has to put it down to throw a boulder at you. And if you hit him at the right time, he'll drop the boulder on his head. Yeah. So it's, it's all, uh, own goals that get you across the finish line here. Yes. Sports. Yes. Um, Yeah. Uh, so you get that uh, you get that helmet back from them, uh, which attracts lightning. 
so it is uh, very useful. It's a, like a lightning rod. Mm-hmm. I need that to go to this this camel, this creature that has like kind of a lightning storm, perpetual lightning storm around it. Yeah. Um, this is another really dramatic approach uh, that I failed at. Like there are stakes for this. Um, mm-hmm. God, you got you got stakes in my head, Gary. So that's a <laughs> word I can't stop using. Um, no, There's but more the, coming. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, just you know, just 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 go kill a go kill a a goat and then get a stake off the back of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, but the but the approach is like you know, you, uh, Riju is on uh, her own sand seal. You're following behind her. She has this kind of protective aura around her. You want to stay in the shield, uh, but also you know stay close to her. Uh, and look for openings to fire bomb arrows at the feet of this uh, this camel. Vanaboris is a is you know gigantic lightning camel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you shoot these bomb arrows at at its hoofs, and you have to avoid getting stepped on and everything. It's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. Um, once you get through, you actually get to go into the uh, the dungeon, which is mostly based around uh, puzzles that have to do with electrical. Yeah. Uh, um, so you spend the majority of the time inside the camel itself. Uh, this is, I think, the most involved of the dungeons, honestly, because it does rely a lot on kind of these current puzzles uh, and, you know, and your control. It is, it is not any natural camel movement that I'm aware of. I'm not a camel biologist, uh, but what you're doing is you're like rotating these, uh, the uh, sections of the cylinder that make up the bulk of its torso. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah. it feels a little bit like a giant clock. Yeah. That you're in, I think. Yeah. But you're like lining up, uh, lining up the conductive, uh, you know, kind of pathway. That'll power different machines, and you're also kind of rotating this and opening up uh, different areas um, off to the side and different pathways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kind of make your way through, and there's a lot of electrical puzzles, of course, yeah. which you've been primed for through the shrines. Yep. The, yeah, sh- the shrine right outside of the Gerudo town is uh, is an electrical one. Yeah. 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 Um, and this introduces the boss that I think is the hardest one. That's um, the general consensus from what I've read, yeah. He's fast. Is, uh, yeah, no. Thunder Thunderblight Ganon, who uh, has this like very fast like zipping towards you attack, mm-hmm. where he uh, kind of zips back and forth. Um, on my first run through of this game, um, when I had done two of the Divine Beast on my first playthrough, um, and I went to Hyrule Castle to kind of check it out and uh, get some end game gear because um, I wanted that shield that has the very high durability. Um, I accidentally stumbled into the final boss fight. Oh God! And this was this was the first boss that it summoned. Oh, you know, out of the the out of the divine beast that I hadn't killed. So any of them you don't kill, you have to fight uh, before you fight Ganon. And I just I bit it so quick, <laughs> like I couldn't do it in that game. Yeah. And this one, it was still hard for me as well, uh, figuring it out because he's so fast. Yeah, he's very fast. Um, and you're primarily just like dealing with him being on top of you for the whole first uh, for the whole whole first phase. Uh, his speed doesn't mix very well with what it requires you to do in the second phase, where he where he puts down those metal stakes. That you have mm-hmm, to magnesis yeah. up and into him, yeah. Like magnesis is such a ponderous ability, right? It moves very slowly, yeah. which is usually fine because you have time to maneuver. Uh, when he is getting ready to zap you, that is a lot of pressure to put on that interface. Yeah. yeah. What distinguishes him is he can do a lot of damage in phase one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that that's true too. Like he he is more dangerous in phase two, but phase one is also pretty intense. So. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, once you kill him, uh, you, we, we talked to Urbosa, the hero comes back as a force ghost and gives you Urbosa's fury, which does a, a thunder AOE, as we mentioned, um, which neither Cole or I used a whole lot, but it sounds like John used, uh, more. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll try to use it a little bit more when I go back for the, for the hero's ballad. 
Yeah, yeah it's dark. definitely useful against the against the thunder blights and the all the different blights to use it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is you know, so so Arbosa is the one who uh, has a personal grudge that uh, you know Ganon uh, besmirched the pride of the Gerudo people. Um, something we didn't talk about, but it's good to talk about here because it's the last one. After you free um, these different divine beasts, what they do, you know, the the ghost takes over the pilot seat and then they take up a perch, you know, somewhere nearby, somewhere where where they can see uh, Hyrule Castle, and they start just like pumping lasers into it. Um, yeah, and, like that is a you know a way for you to like look at and see how you are affecting the landscape. Um, and, you yeah. know, and, and get a sense of like, yes, all this does exist in one big massive world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're waiting for that last little bit to finally do the, the mega zap mm-hmm. on, on Ganon. Um, the next kind of little bit of, uh, you know, kind of critical path, you know, you can go fight Ganon, but it's a lot easier if you get the master sword. Yes. At this point, um, you can do this at any time, but you need a certain amount of health to make it work. Yeah. Um, you have to prove that you are a hero, which means you know, pulling a sword out of a stone doesn't make you fall over dead. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which, like, I can do that. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the way you get here is interesting. This, uh, this, uh, iteration of the lost woods, I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to get there where you, uh, you hold out a torch and you have to pay attention to which way the hort, the torch is blowing and head in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really cool. Yes. That's uh, a good way. Uh, if you end up like wandering too far off the path, the mist will claim you, but it just drops mm-hmm. you back you know, by the nearest, uh, by the nearest, uh, source of fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so pretty cool. You eventually get to the master sword. Um, you need to have 13 hearts, uh, to, you know, to prove that you're a hero and pull it out. Um, we mentioned this before, but in, uh, Haneko village, I think mm-hmm. is when they're, where there are, uh, Hateno, uh, village is where the, the, the weird soul mongering statue that will allow <laughs> you to switch and respec. It looks like, which seems like it's going to have dark consequences. <laughs> Uh, and does not really. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's like the other goddess statues, but she has horns, yes. and uh, and then talks to you when you when you sit down to use it. It's very sassy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, the, so the the master sword is good. It's very powerful. Um, you get a lot of use out of it, but it does have a finite amount of energy. And like we said, you have to drain it completely to have it charge back up. Yeah, yeah. and when you're fighting Ganon or calamity based things, it's it's damage goes up from thirty to. Like 90, it becomes a much more powerful sword. I think it becomes sturdier in that condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's actually um, a, a mission where after you get it, you can go through a series of challenges where you have limited resources. And if you do that, the sword becomes fully enabled and becomes even more powerful. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. Um, it's very useful for guardian enemies. It glows in the in the presence yes. of them and does yes. double damage. Because it kind of does middle of the road damage when you first get it. Right. Uh, but does uh, does significantly more. Yeah. To our and, guardians, which you're going to fight uh, on your way to Ganon. Uh, you're going to fight a lot of them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think I think Hyrule Castle um, is the best dungeon in here and kind of the best gameplay experience in this game that isn't just like exploration to explore. Yeah. 
like as far as a place goes and an actual uh, dangerous area. Um, this is, I like this even a little bit better than even tide Island, which I, I grew to like quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is really cool. Uh, the music is incredible. Um, and it has a sense of place, like yeah. in a way that like, you know, a lot of places do in this, this isn't a problem with the game, but like, you know, the sense of place that is a plateau, it's a plateau, <laughs> you know, this was a, yeah. a functional building and like, it has rooms for it. You know, you had yeah. like, we, we, you know, we should talk about getting there uh, a little bit first, but like when you get there, like, you know, there's a prison and here's a, a, a dining room and here's an armory and here's uh, Zelda's room and stuff. Like it makes sense as a place and it's really fun to explore. Yeah. And you can really approach it from any angle. I mean, it, it's, it's, you have that three dimensional ability to go altitude in this game, especially mm-hmm. after you've got Revali's fear, Revali's scale, you, you can kind of approach it from any direction and every direction feels like you're going to what a realistic castle would be. It mm-hmm. tries to direct you in certain directions, but you can break that and kind of attach it, attack it from any direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I got in through the side when I when I came in to get the uh, to get the memory that's in Zelda's room. But when I made the when the, you know, the final assault, I was like, I'm gonna walk in that front door and I'm gonna let them know that I'm here. I, I zapped by a bunch of sentries and I'm like, all right, I'm going to Rivali's Gale over this and try to subvert as much of the <laughs> geometry as yes. possible. Yes, you can. You can get the Hylian shield here, which is pretty awesome. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And um, there's also a waterfall entrance. <laughs> that yeah. uh, that it takes you there pretty much directly takes you right to Ganon hmm. if you uh, do the thing where you can climb up the waterfalls in the if, back if you remember that you can swim up waterfalls yeah I do remember, remember that the last time I played but yeah <laughs> uh, and th- this whole area is great uh, kind of from the outside in as well like as you approach there's a huge kind of section that there's almost no wildlife mm-hmm. you know because they're and then you run into a guardian and then more guardians and they get more dense as you get closer like it does a really good job of actually being more dangerous the closer you get to the center yeah um, of it, um, I like. Yeah, I, I love this area. Um, there's lots of mini bosses, lots of really tough fights, mm-hmm. and I, I just think it is super fun and good. Some Lionels to fight in uh, very close quarters, like in turrets and yeah. stuff like that. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. Uh, once you get there, you're essentially heading for this kind of main room uh, in this in this sanctum, you know, where you're you're going to show up, and that's going to get Ganon out. Yes. Um, and this is where it depends on what you've done. You know, you can either fight the other blights. Um, or you can, uh, you know, have him uh, get zapped by the other guardians that you had and have him lose half his health. Yeah, and basically take you into the second phase of the fight um, automatically. Where the second phase actually starts at 25%. Okay. That's... Uh, for this guy. Yeah, it's it's a, they made it a difference, so you always see both phases mm-hmm. for him. But, um, you know, his first, I think they, they want you to, to to do the divine beast first like yeah. 50% of his health is essentially 100% of his, his real health right you know it's like he gets a buff if you don't do it right um yeah, yeah and this is a very good boss fight <laughs> um just from a like a like a, for, for, for me like from a this is uh kind of a final exam he does a lot of stuff that the different uh blights did mixing and matching them in really interesting ways and also like this was a good test of me for you know, for me for my ability to do those perfect uh those perfect guards and the perfect uh back you know uh backflips and stuff like that to get the fury mm-hmm. blows in like this is a this is a good boss fight against a large enemy uh something that zelda games have not really done that well yeah yeah um and he, he quite literally has the moves of the the bosses you probably fought on your way here yes you know so like i like that it is uh he mixes them up in a way but it is quite literally like demonstrating the idea and then uh, you know, synthesizing, uh, yeah, synthesizing, yeah, yeah, I like that quite a bit. 
Mm-hmm. There are points where he is impervious to attacks if you don't do the perfect guard or the perfect dodge. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Which is a little frustrating. Um, he does have an imperfect level or a in, impenetrable defense to certain things. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know if I just missed those, if I didn't notice that, or if I just missed it. Yeah. You know, it's possible that that I missed it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think at the twenty under twenty five, I think he there's a point certain phases where he cannot be injured. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't run into those. That didn't stick out. But I, I generally dislike when games do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I yeah, felt like a real badass doing those perfect guards and reflecting his uh, his laser beams back at him, especially because I spent so much of the game dying to those things instantly that I, you know, <laughs> uh, overcame. Like that, like that was the MVP skill for me to develop. Yeah. I felt very good about it. Yeah. It's it's very satisfying uh, to do so. Yeah. Um, so you, you take him, take him down. Uh, you kill this, this huge dude, <laughs> which is, which is satisfying. He turns, turns, we didn't really talk about his visual design. He turns into a big kind of like bloodborne spider with a huge beard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, spider beard, bro, which again, like, I don't love the boss designs of this, but you take him out here. Uh, and then you head, you get warped down to Hyrule field for like an interactive cutscene kind yeah. of thing <laughs> yep. here. Yeah. Um, this is, I feel like this is a little sloppy. Like it, it looks fine. And if you execute it perfectly, I think it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. If anything goes wrong, it looks dumb. It looks and like, really if goofy. you, if you don't have a horse, they just give you a horse. Like they teleport in a rando horse, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's just like, here's a horse. Um, because they want this kind of, you know, this very dramatic thing of you being chased by like a gigantic version of Ganon. Um, and Zelda's talking to you and she, this is where her story arc gets undercut where she gives into her destiny and has the ability to seal him away by giving you the bow of light right uh, here and show, pointing out weak points of Zelda for you to hit uh, with, with your arrow while riding on a horseback. Right. And it's just like, that sounds really dramatic and cool. And if you do it right, it is really dramatic and cool. Mm-hmm. If you keep getting knocked off the horse or if you try to jump off the horse to, to do anything like, Oh, there's some fire. I want to get some, some updraft. Like I'm not going to run away from this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can die here. I don't think you can actually take damage. So you can try some things that just make it look like you're fucking around a lot, you know? Yeah. And it's real. Yeah. It's real. It ends up being real silly. It's playing with your food at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> playing with your food is a good point. A good way to, to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, the, 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 this didn't land for me. I felt um, like the, like the, the sense of mechanical triumph of beating, you know, the, the, the Ganon that's inside the sanctum was mm-hmm. big enough that I didn't feel the need to have it underlined with, you know, something that was as spectacular as this right spectacular and not in a qualitative sense but literally a description like this is a spectacle and they're leaning on you know the idea that like oh the final <laughs> the, the final uh, uh you know the, the final arena is the field itself is the world itself but for all the reasons that you stated this didn't land for me how about you john um yeah it was too mechanical it it did have some nice um shadow of the colossus vibe except for the climbing which would have been awesome yeah but it, it the the size of it and the fact that you're outside definitely kind of reminded me of shadow of the colossus but it would have been cool if they let you actually get on him and do some damage that way yeah 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 it would have been i mean it, again it's just kind of a, a cutscene, you know um yeah. you know, it's an interactive, interactive cutscene. Cut yeah exactly so not not a huge deal but it's not it wasn't my favorite thing um after you you beat him you have to do this updraft thing to get him in this eye that he has um, you know, to, to hit him directly. Once you do, um, Zelda and Link are together. Um, the ending is very subdued. It kind of flashes forward to them wearing like clothes that they're starting to rebuild. 
um, depending on what you get a little bit of extra dialogue if you got all those memories. Yeah. Um, if you didn't, you get a her saying like, "Do you really remember me?" And right. then that, that kind of ends yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that ends up being uh, the main story of Breath of the Wild. Um, if we, I want to talk a little bit about side quests. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because yeah, it would sure. be, you know, and and most of these I think are, you know, and most of these I think are bad. I think most of them are not good, and I, you know, they're not particularly funny. They don't ask you to do anything good, and you do the ones that give you good rewards are really hard to see. Yeah, you know, so there are some of these I think are very good. Um, some of most of them I think are bad. Uh, but I, I really just wanted to talk about uh, Eventide Island for a second, yeah. which yeah, I, I think is is pretty special. Um, and that is there's an island. It is just a shrine, but it's probably the most involved thing you have to do for a shrine. Um, they put you on an island. They strip away all your gear, and you get to start over. <laughs> they they, uh, they, uh, they wu-tie you? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you, you end up with nothing, and you have to rebuild from nothing um, and get these three orbs uh, that are in kind of different situations, one of which is just kind of out in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And as a puzzle, one is guarded by a pretty heavily guarded big enemy encampment, and one is around the neck, neck of a Hinox. Hmm. And, like, figuring out, yeah. like, how do I fight a Hinox with nothing. what's only on this island? <laughs> yeah, with nothing almost, you know? Right. Um, was really fun. Uh, they do a thing where you can't save on the island, which I ended up finding like a little bit frustrating. Like I get why they did it. Right. Um, but I just hadn't played for a while and I wanted to like, you know, give the, give this a, you know, give this thing a rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a really, really cool concept that recaptures some of that, that vibe from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. I never, I never went here. I totally intended to go to that island because, hey, it's you know attractive. It's a, you know, it's a mm-hmm. nuisance out there, uh, but uh, but no dice. So I need to go and uh, make that one of my first priorities because that sounds badass. It's really good. It's it's really cool, and you actually you kind of have to strategically get out there. I, the, the secluded nature of it mm-hmm. makes you feel like, well, I just I just flew and swam out to a secluded island, and now I got to deal with being on a secluded island. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. Yep, uh, t- yeah. T- take what you want, but for God's sake, eat what you take. Yeah. <laughs> Another interesting side quest is um, it's not as not as cool as that, but the Hatena Village you can actually build your own house, which is kind of a oh, cool. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think it's Bolson is the guy you can build your house, and then he leads into a quest where you can build a town. I think it's called Terrytown. Yeah, Terrytown. You know, <laughs> yeah, and you you bring them supplies and you build up stuff, and it, it they end up building a town. It ends up culminating in like a wedding happening in the town, but it's kind of a neat build up, and there's actually some rewards as far as stores that become available that wouldn't otherwise be available. But mm-hmm. it's kind of neat and gives you something to do. It's real sweet. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and it also it has a, it does a really cool trick where as you build the town, it adds new elements to the soundtrack of the town, which is like very, you know, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. of the things to build the town, I didn't like doing that much, you know, like going and finding certain people. I just felt like a little bit like chores. But I liked the feeling of progression a lot yeah. that you do. Yeah. And it's for a game that has this many side quests, it's going to feel like we're skipping over a lot of stuff. But like. Almost all of them are MMO side quests. Yeah. You know, like uh, like I I'm looking for this specific flower that blooms in this place. Like, go find it. You know, yeah. or or things like that. Like, and there are ones that we're missing that are more involved and more interesting than that. It's just I stopped doing them because I kept getting mad. Yeah. Uh, at the, them not being really worth my time, and I don't. You know, other people I know people who really like the dialogue in this game and really like those characters. To me, I couldn't mm-hmm. get past that feeling of like this is contrary to what this game is about. Like this feels yeah. like I'm playing Skyward Sword. You know, I didn't, I didn't come here to play Skyward Sword. I wanted this sense of yeah. like desperation. I wanted, you know, I didn't want to just have, 
you know, what if you can cook me this specific dish, I will give you this specific boot. Yeah. Like, uh, I really, I guess I didn't do any of these side quests. I'm looking at a list. I'm like, huh, yeah. Uh, like, so to, to, to give people an idea, looking at uh, gamersheroes.com for the quest, An Ice Guy. Uh, you go to Karakara Bazaar, a guy, uh, he wants a cooling elixir. You mix up a cooling elixir for him, and he gives you 50 rupees. Yeah. A nice guy. A, a, a nice guy. Like, a lot of them are literally nothing. Right. You know, um, and it just, I... I it would have been a real addition by subtraction to not have those in there because you could think that um, the idea, the game is already overflowing with things to do, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I guess this segues pretty well into kind of like final summation stuff is that like the things of this that I've kind of nitpicked uh, for being a little bit weaker, they don't need to be in there to have the game have enough to do, mm -hmm. you know, like these, these uh, side quests that are, that are literally just kind of wasting your time like that. Um, th I think the game would be better without them. Like in a literal sense, like that character asked you for a, a nice drink, um, the wor game world would be better if he didn't exist. You know, yeah. if you went to that place and it was an empty stall and it's like, well, shit, this is actually kind of desolate and lonely. Instead, there's just that that feeling of and the same thing with like kind of like some of the worst, you know, or the, the less good like combat shrines, the less good deco seed or uh, Korok seed things. Um, we're just even having them there. It wasn't like, oh, you don't have to do them. Like, yes, I don't have to do them, but. It's ruining my feel like the atmosphere for me, mm -hmm. you know, it would actually be better. Not just if they were, it would be better if they were better. And it would be even better than that if they were just cut. And there was 50% of that stuff. Yeah. You know, I would, I would have loved like 80, you know, 60 or 80 absolute knockout shrines, you know, the best 60 or 80 shrines mm -hmm. and a hundred great Korok seeds and maybe five really good quests, you know, yeah, that were like kind of long and more involved. And I, I just would have been a lot happier with it. Like, as is, I still love it. I love the experience I have with the game. Nothing it will, can take away those, like, first 20 or 30 hours of exploring that were just incredible. You know, were, like, so, so fun. Um, it just, every time I talk to somebody, it, it kind of bummed me out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And for me, like, I just, my eyes glazed over. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to make that, snap that mistake again by talking to people. And that may be how I missed side quests. And, you know, there it sounds like I didn't do an awful lot. Uh, didn't miss an awful. You didn't miss a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not that big of a deal. There's but, there's about six things that are like, well, you should go check this out. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so, but so like it, it'd be nice if it if you know it's nice to not have something that you're forced to you know have your eyes glaze over for you know. Um, yeah, and yeah, it, like it like it is a bit of a damper, you know, in a game that is very much for me. The joy of it is making my own fun. There's so much fun to make, and if, if it sounds like you know this is damnation by fame praise or whatever like i don't know what else i can say in the summation that either we didn't talk about and say oh that really worked for me um you know over the course of these two episodes you know the systems and the way they interact the you know the brave choice to make this you know as uh got a, i thought of a, a a douchey word for random uh stochastic as it is right mm -hmm. um yeah. you know like that all works for me and i think you know i think that it is laudable and they've gotten all the praise i don't feel like i can say anything new about this because the game has been talked to death so all I can say is like thank you, John, for like forcing me to complete this because like any other game like this, I got it, played it, and was like, oh, this is cool, moved on. <laughs> it, it's a because it's a yeah. billion hours. Right, you know, it, right. It's a it's a huge time investment. It's a it's a huge time yeah. suck. And like I I like that part of it. I like that you can get lost in it. Like that's yeah. not a yeah. not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um you know, part and, of it is and, Nintendo made such a good framework. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. between the, the rune system, the environment, the world you live in, and the natural nostalgia, that the framework is so strong that 
they didn't need that much additional frame to be good. Right. And yeah, and I, and I do yeah. hope they do something with it again. I did have we were talking about sort of why I was interested in this at the beginning and why I thought this would be a good game. We were talking about the history and there was a little bit of talk of Dark Souls. And I just want to tell a short anecdote. Um, before this game came out, Nintendo of America, and this became like a minor video game news story, posted a little video showing the weapons and stuff. And a person commented on Twitter. They said, I feel like Nintendo took some notes from Dark Souls game. And there is some combat mm-hmm. similarity, a little bit of that, a little bit of influence. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dark Souls, the actual official Twitter account, responded. Uh-oh. And they responded hmm. to the person that said this and to Nintendo American said, think we've all been taking notes from Nintendo Sensei for a long, long time. And um, if you think about the history of video games, this this game owes something to Dark Souls. It owes something to um, Assassin's Creed. It owes something to Far Cry. Those games owe way more <laughs> to the Legend of Zelda series. Oh, if for really sure. sure, yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, and up- so, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean. To no, no. Up. It's just it's 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 something that can make you smile if you love video games as much as we do. Yeah. To kind of see everything come back around and see them kind of redevelop it, to take back from what they other people have learned from their systems mm-hmm. and just and have the brains and the heart to try and do something different, not to try to make, you know, Wind Waker two right now, not try to make you know Twilight Princess two. Um, to try and do something that's kind of out of the mold, but has a lot of the strains of the original and a lot of honesty and loyalty to what the series is about. And to make a game that is, I think, just a lot of it's very enjoyable and gives you hope for that Nintendo's future. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's it's really interesting to think of this in the context that it came out, right? Like, in, in terms of Nintendo games, like it is all those games that kind of uh, so like Dark Souls, which which takes a lot from Zelda one you know, uh, became this kind of daring, uh, indirect, lonely, uh, exploratory experience. Uh, at the same time, Zelda games became what I consider to be very safe. Uh, and yeah. Nintendo, you know, at a point had become very safe, like where they were, you know, and this is a, a, not an original observation. Like other people have said this before too, but I agree with it, that like Nintendo was putting out the same game kind of over and over, right? Like mm-hmm. if you play Skyward Sword and you play Twilight Princess, there's a little bit, there's, subtle differences between those games, but they, they have a lot of the same problems and they're, they're very much on that Ocarina of time formula uh, yeah. that those games have been on for a long time. Um, and while Ocarina other of time was linked to the past. Like, was on the link to the class formula, which is you know 1992 or whatever. Uh-huh. Right. Like, so you, you uh, other games had taken inspiration from what Nintendo had done and like really kind of expanded out. And this, it is worth noting that like, this is them kind of getting back to something, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's though. Uh, Zelda doesn't owe Dark Souls anything. You know, you can still say that like Dark Souls owes Zelda quite a bit, mm-hmm. but Zelda is now back to the version of itself yeah. that yeah. that you know Dark Souls owes something to. Mm-hmm. You know, and I really hope they can stick with it. It's been such an ma- amazing success. There'd be no reason for them now to go ahead and make a traditional you know Zelda game. I don't think they will. It'd be very disappointing. Like I I can't imagine them squandering this. Squ- yeah. squandering this updraft it'd, it'd be like uh like resident evil 7 like all right guys we know you loved this really kind of like limited yeah. stripped back you know you're exploring a house and you've got these people chasing you so next picks up where re6 left off guess what <laughs> it's in space yeah <laughs> in space here's beef boy and beef boy jr and they're ready to fight space <laughs> they're, zombies. They're, they're back together again like what yeah. the fuck are you 
doing? Yeah, and and they you know yeah. they I feel like they wouldn't do that. And, no. and Resident Evil Seven is really interesting to bring up with this yeah. because like, you know that's that's a very similar thing. Like a, a series that had gotten kind of stale, like reinventing itself in, in a way. And I, I it gives me a lot of hope that these kind of old series like. It's not going to be, you know, like a band that I like where I just, you know, listen every time they come out with a new album, I listen to it, even if it's not very good because mm-hmm. it's comforting to listen to the band. Like they're actually doing new and kind of vital stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really love it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm very excited. Who knows how much of that has to do with, you know, old talent cycling out, um, you know, especially at Japanese companies, but old, old, uh, old talent cycling out that might have been there for a while being replaced by people who came up playing the original one and kind of remember how it felt and are not yeah. trying to like uh, pursue uh, an old line of conversation about these things, you know, like another point of comparison. Um, I'm playing the new doom right now, not for any assignment thing. Don't know. Nobody get your hopes up for anything right now. It's not planned for the show, but that seemed like a very similar kind of kind yeah. of a uh, thing. Like you needed to get rid of everybody and just get people who love doom in to make their yeah. version of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it is a good time for these kind of reboot kind of things. And, you know, I know that during the episode, I've been nitpicky about it. And the reason why is because, you know, I said this in the, the very opening, like it is a, a bright lights cast tall shadows. Like I am jazzed that they made a Zelda that shuts up as much of it does as it does. <laughs> that gives you that feeling of like lonesomeness and, and leaves you alone and trust the player a little bit to create their own fun and express themselves in a way that the series hasn't done at all. Like I am so fucking jazzed about that. And they almost like this was so close to being an arrow directly to my heart, you know? Yeah. So those little things that I, I've nitpicked about it, it's just like I, I, I'm I so hopeful for the next one. Yeah. You know, this is like a game that I really loved. I will play this again, you know, with with the DLC and everything like I, I love that this exists. I love that we got a chance to cover it. Um, I really want the Majora's Mask version of this. Yeah. So bad. I think that's going to be the thing that I'm just like, you know what? They did this amazing kind of comeback. They set it up and now they're going to knock it the fuck down. Yeah. You know, I really want that and I hope that they do it. John, when you said the Majora's Mask of Breath of the Wild, you created a void in my heart. I didn't realize I needed it, but now I do. It aches. John, it hurts. Oh, God, it would be good. Even yeah. like just a Dark World, just like, yeah. like a Link to Dark, Link Between Worlds version. Because, I mean, that's such a Zelda trope, and they didn't. it's like one they didn't do in this this game that kind of hits a lot of the high points. Yeah. So I, I would have loved yeah. that. I mean, they've built um, the infrastructure. Why not do it? I mean, mm-hmm. they've got to do something with it. They're going to have to fill in a lot of gaps and, you know, they'll, you never know. They'll, they'll do some dark world or some time travel. Like, I think that the, them taking this kind of philosophy and rolling in a Zelda standard, mm-hmm. I'm going to be really there for, yeah. like, seeing how they do that. Um, we, you know, and there's lots of things we, I also want to just throw this caveat in there again. Like, we, there's lots of things we missed, right? Like, we didn't talk about the specific combat tactics of fighting Hinoxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. No. And these these are really big. That's a function of the, how big these are. And also how much that joy, like if you're listening to this, I don't think you've spoiled any experience of Breath of the Wild for you, really. Oh, no, no. It lives entirely like, in your hands. Yeah. Like we, we, a lot of times I, you know, I advise people for really good games that we do, like just definitely don't listen here. Like, you know, if you know what the beasts are and you know what the story is and, and you know what you have to do, mm-hmm. it's not going to hurt you. You know, like the, the fun is going to be like, Hey, what's over that mountain. You go up there and there's something cool up that mountain. You know, and and you have yeah. everybody who's listening to this who hasn't played that has like you have thirty hours of amazing uh, condensed versions of that feeling available to you. You know, thirty plus. Like you know that some people they felt that for like one hundred and twenty hours and stuff. Like for me, I started wanting to get near the end about thirty hours in. Yep. But those thirty hours, I wouldn't trade for anything. Yeah. You know, so 
Um, really and as we said earlier, the great thing about this game is you can decide, hey, I want to take the right turn and start dealing with divine beasts. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. later you can decide, I want to make the right turn and finish this game. And, you know, it's that's really up to you. I mean, within reason, yeah. it's scalable and you can do what you want to do. And if you're enjoying it and hunting 899 more Korok seeds, good for if you love that, go for it. And if you yeah. want to go through, as long as you're not too ambitious, you're going to be able to get through the end and, and have a good time with it. Yeah, absolutely. Make, yeah. make, Real good make your own fun. Real good shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, it's been it's interesting to do this so close to when we did uh, Witcher Three because I think Witcher Three, which didn't benefit from like that is a narrative game that didn't really benefit from having an open world structure, mm-hmm. right? Like we talked about how that wouldn't be appreciably that worse. You know, it, it would be worse. Like there are things it gets from the open world, but it wouldn't lose all of its magic if like you chose those quests from a list. Really, here yeah. this game is the exact opposite. Like this game gets almost all of its power from being an open world, yeah. you know, like it, it leans on that really, really hard. And that's not a criticism. It just means that like, it does that so fucking well. Yeah. Like that part yeah. is the a plus section. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel open world out of obligation. It feels like an act of generosity that they give you this whole world to, you know, fuck around in. Right. I mean, it doesn't feel like a, to me, it didn't feel like a bonus. It feels like the point. I mean, it feels like that was was the game. Yeah. Like that, that that, that, that was the idea. That's, that's what I was getting across. Like they, like they give it to you, you know, like that's, that that, that is the act of generosity that this game is, you know, from the designer to the player. Yeah. Yeah, That's the special part. That's your gift, you know, and, and in a, in a weird opposite version of the Witcher, like, you know, here it's like when, when you talk to people, it's kind of a bummer in the Witcher, like sometimes traveling between places can be kind of a bummer. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like they make a, an interesting pair. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this has been a long recording session. We'll start wrapping things <laughs> yep. up now. Um, yep. John, thank you again. Um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been fun. It's, I've really enjoyed talking about it. It's a game. Obviously I care a lot about, I, I have the same caveat to the extent I've been negative on anything. I, it's partly because you have to have something to talk about <laughs> and you can't pour yeah. total glowing praise at everything. So yeah. I don't want anyone to walk away from this being like, well, did they enjoy the game? I think I, I, for one, and I think you guys probably agree. Mm-hmm. This game is well with your time and money. And if you're on the border about, Hey, do I want to switch? Do I want to do this? Um, this game is well worth its time. And I think it's a system that's going to keep on giving. So yeah. um, everyone should give it a shot if you haven't. And if you've only given it a short shot, give it more time because it's a it's a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah, it is one of those things yeah. where something being really really good. I think it is, you know, uh, it's still worth talking about. Think ways it could be better, but only in the way that like if the rest of the game wasn't this good, those ways that it could be better wouldn't exist either. Like those are interesting problems that are interesting things that could be improved upon. You yes. know, but it doesn't overshadow anything. Right. You know, those those things that uh, that cause the game to be so good uh, don't go anywhere because of that. You know, that's there's no fair. accounting. Cool. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, if uh, if you like this show, you can support us on Patreon. If you go to Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV, uh, it's very appreciated. Um, that is what John did, and that is how he he dictated this episode. And uh, also, one of the things you can get are, is a thank you on air. So there are some people who we'd like to thank. Let me um, scroll to that. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's been a long night. Uh, thank you, Justin Holloway. Yeah, thank you, Justin. Uh, big thanks to Autumn Greer. Yeah. Uh, bad, big, big fan of Autumn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A wonderful contributor to uh, Radio, Free, Radio Free Midworld. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Big, big thanks to Eric Nielsen. Thank you, Eric. He, Eric uh, spells, his, uh, they, they spell their name the cool way, 
and I will leave it to you to determine what is the coolest way to spell Eric. <laughs> yeah, what do you – wait, text one. Um, uh, Jaden uh, Muniz, uh, thank you very much, Jaden. Jaden uh, was a uh, Kickstarter backer for Atomic, hmm. and I was putting uh, Jaden's name into the book Ooh, nice. uh, just recently. So. Awesome. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and oh. finally, uh, Joseph Bonfiglio. Yeah, thank you, Joseph. We do appreciate it. I, did, I, didn't, like to... I didn't mean to put so much stank on your name. It's just a very good name. Um, yeah, it yeah. was. It wasn't a racist pronunciation. Right, of, right. Of, I was. I was, I was savoring it. Um, if you if you would like to join them, uh, the way you can do that again is patreon.com slash Uh The other thing you can do is rate and review us. You can join us on Slack. Um, you get a uh, you know you can tell your friends about us. Uh, there are all kinds of things you can do. Yeah. To, uh, uh, to help out, John, where can people find you online? Um, I'm on Twitter at JD Hurst. And I think I mentioned last time, if you want to see some random pictures, you can look at vain link, um, on Twitter as well. I've got it yeah. up right now. Yeah. And like I said, guys, I appreciate everything you do. I, I know you, you probably are somewhat conscious of how important you are to your community, but, um, it makes a big difference that you guys are out there making this content and allowing people to connect with something they love. So thank you for that. No, well, thank you for your support. Yeah. It makes a yeah, Thank you for your support. And thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think that's probably about it. Um, yeah. So, so next time, uh, until next time, watch out for even tight Island. He'll <laughs> um, get you. Cool. Specifically me telling you to do that. Do that cool. oh, yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah, you gotta I, check it out. I, I don't know that I have it in me tonight, but I will, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get right on that, buddy. I'm staying on the line until it's done. <laughs>